That music just makes me so happy. Every time. I love it still. Thanks, Folk Hogan, for your... Crap, I missed it because I wasn't plugged in for your mad skills. I'll let you listen to it after we're done recording. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, you could just really listen to it any... I could send you the clip you could put it on your phone. Maybe I'll make it my ringtone. Yeah, you could totally make it your ringtone. That'd be so annoying. (laughs) To have that as my ringtone, I would think I was accidentally playing the podcast. (laughs) All the over time. and over. You're like, wait a minute, this is starting. So once again, uh, you are listening to the New Utah Podcast. I don't know how you're listening to us if you didn't know. Um, this is Welcome. your one and only time to hear that until the end of the show when we'll say it again and tell you where to find us. Uh, I'm Chris. There's Jeremy, Bree, Jess. I didn't want you to say hello. I don't want you to talk. I did not say hello. <laughs> you, you're imagining things. Uh, it is post Thanksgiving. It's a nice long weekend. Like I, I was saying, so we have a we have a a really fun. Um, I'm not even gonna call it an interview because it really wasn't. It was a full on discussion about activism, politics, uh, being involved. There was a little bit of stories about war and drinking, um, throwing up, throwing up. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure if it was 120 degrees outside, that it would have been like 200 and okay. So I'm gonna tell you my story. 40 degrees. I'm gonna tell you my story about that. So this is some some time ago. This is a long time ago. Um, we decided to go to Liquid Joe's one night. So we were going to Metal Gods. Uh, and by and we, he means the prior Brie. Yeah, old Brie. Um, I like to call her old Brie. Um, stupid Brie. Um, anyway, my ex. Uh, this is a really long time ago. So we go with some friends. We go out to, to Metal Gods, and we're all drinking all night, uh, except for my buddy Dan. He was the DD for, for us that night. And uh, Bree is drinking white Russians all night long, probably eight white Russians. And you got to understand, she is a small person. She was, I don't know, five foot two, maybe, 130, 140 pounds tops. Uh, and eight white Russians over the course of three or four hours. So at the end of the night, my buddy Brandon, who has had way more than that to drink, and has just been getting free drinks all night, he's like, hey, you want this? Hands her a Red Bull vodka. <laughs> I don't know if you know what a white Russian is, but it involves quite a bit of half and half, which is in and of itself probably not the greatest thing to have a tummy full of, uh, but add alcohol and then energy drink on top of that, and the results are not great. Ugh. So we... uh we're going home, and of course, it's, you know, after club night, we're all hungry, we're all drunk, we want food to try and soak up some of the alcohol, so we go to Wendy's, uh, and it's the Wendy's that's by the movie theater on 33rd and State, and we're in the drive-up, and it's uh, me and Bree in the backseat of this car, it's a two-door car, <laughs> uh, my buddy Jason in the passenger seat, and, and Dan, of course, is, is driving, so she's going to throw up, we're at the order box, you know, the little speaker box. So she starts to throw up. Dan opens his door. She sticks her head between a seat and the door and pukes a huge puddle of puke right in front of the speaker box at the Wendy's. <laughs> okay. Well, we're in the back seat of a two-door car, and she didn't get it all out. She ended up puking in a bucket full of change that was in the floorboard of his uh. back seat. 
along with all over kind of the back seat and the door and everything else. Uh, so then we get to the window to get the food that we ordered and they're fucking with us like because they know it's a car full of drunk people and the people doing the order is they're just totally fucking with us. She has to puke again. So as they're trying to hand us food, she's puking in front of the window. <laughs> <laughs> so where this story kind of ties in, my buddy Dan, who's this is the middle of summer. This is like July and he's taking summer classes at the U. Well, next morning he's got to go class. Because it's like Friday morning. So he goes to class with his windows rolled up in, you know, probably triple digit heat. Must guess in somewhere 100, 110, somewhere in that range with his windows rolled up with puke that he didn't clean out of his car. <laughs> so he said <laughs> the drive home was a total Ace Ventura drive where his head was literally <laughs> out the window as he drove because it was so unbearably bad, the smell. But was he chewing gum? I don't know. That's a question for Dan, and I don't think he'll remember. But I guarantee he'll remember that story because it's a uh, it's a doozy. Ace Ventura did. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so and you guys will understand when we play the interview. Um, it's really like I said, that was really more of a discussion. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So his name is a uh, is a is Josh Cameron Cameron. I had to read the last name. I just know he's Josh. Um, so he's a he's a pretty involved locally uh, in in the local activist and, and political scene. He does some boring research job. I don't know. Uh, he's a military veteran. Um, so it's fun. Uh, stick around for that. It's a, it's a really engaging discussion. It's it's not really an interview uh, in in any kind of sense. It's more a discussion about the political climate and what you can do and things like that. Um, you guys want to talk about Thanksgiving? So you can you can talk about Christmas now. Sure, it's it's okay. I'll allow it. So well, I, the only reason you said I couldn't is because of our Christmas light list. We'll get yeah. to that. So, um, what a great weekend for me. So the girls were both here. Uh, Cassie came up from school. We had a pretty damn good long weekend. Um, short of a uh, an early Thanksgiving dust up, uh, as it were. Uh, we had a really good weekend with uh with both girls did some <laughs> saturday we went ornament shopping i say ornament ornament because apparently sean says ornament <laughs> That's how my daughter pronounces ornament <laughs> we're like what did you just say just ornament do we have to go with ornaments now and we're like ornaments <laughs> that's an ornament there's no d in the word sean it's ornament there is now ornaments so we've been talking about uh, the battle for ornaments uh, <laughs> so anyway we ended up going to like 50 million stores and spending 18 hours away from the home on still Saturday. not still not finding them ornaments didn't find an ornament <laughs> well you found yours i already had mine but the girls did not find their ornaments so uh but it was fun it was a good weekend i uh, as i say uh, a little bit later we but just i tuned out the news didn't watch uh any real news we watched uh, a bunch of stupid christmas movies um, we watched all the, the, the Santa Claus movies, all three of them. Um, they get progressively worse, I think. Uh, <laughs> I would have to agree. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's just a good, relaxing weekend. I really needed it. Didn't do anything work-related. Just spent time with family. Made some turkey that is all gone. Every last bit of it. Wasn't a lot I ate left the crumbs to begin with. Last yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> like her and Sean were fighting over the crumbs in the bag last night. Like It was well-received, so... Uh, yeah. How about you guys? So I, I've got a I've got a Thanksgiving story for you. 
So about... Well, know. you have 5 million people in your family, so I would hope you would have a story. Well, this is... This <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about... I'm just going to take a step back. We were okay. talking about this last week before the show about what we were doing for Thanksgiving. Jeremy has a dinner of about... How many people? Probably about... 25 or 30 is what showed up. Okay, but you were saying could be 40, 40 if everybody was yeah. there. <laughs> I can't fathom that many fucking people as family eating together. Like that's the that's like going and serving for the seniors sort of meal. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to look at okay, it. Okay. So. so so this is this is my pre Thanksgiving story. So about two and a half, three weeks ago the check engine light came on in the van. Wow. Yeah. So so let me preface our poor van, uh, twelve years old, hundred and seventy one thousand miles. So it's it's seen better days, and, and we're well aware of that. Um, we've patched it together for probably the last two and a half years. So uh, check engine light comes on, so we take it in to the shop just down from us, uh, and they come back and say, oh, you got a transmission problem. There's, this isn't something we can take care of, so we can give you the name of a transmission specialist and have them take a look at it. And we're kind of like, Ugh, okay. Uh, and they're like, and you've got the brake line is starting to rust and leak, and... What else did they say? The head gasket's leaking. But this is your this is your mechanic mechanic that you you trust pretty oh, yeah. wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. So so I mean, this was a couple of weeks ago. So so I said, well, we'll look into it. He turned off the check engine light for us, uh, and <laughs> we went on our merry way. So so this is Wednesday morning. So Thanksgiving is Thursday. This is Wednesday. Thanksgiving morning. Eve. Thanksgiving Eve. I go outside and there is. Most of the fluids from my poor van in our driveway. <laughs> our poor all the fluids, van, like all the fluids, like well, so brake fluid, transmission fluid, and oil. Are you shitting me? All of them? <laughs> yeah. So we're like, okay, hey, <laughs> back up if you're gonna yell, please. <laughs> well, maybe you should turn this down. So our poor driveway looks like a oh, swimming pool sure. of grease. <laughs> so, so needless to say. Uh, we spent Wednesday car shopping, found a new vehicle, traded in the poor old thing, and we have a new car now. Awesome! Uh, you, trade it, you traded it in without all the fluids and checking. Is it a new? Off? Is it a new new car? Twenty seventeen. <gasps> Ooh! Dodge Grand Caravan. When so was the a, last time you got a new new car? Twelve years ago when we bought the van. When we bought the van. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a Dodge Caravan, which is what we did have before, which. It, it's it's had a long slow death, but all in all, it's been a really good vehicle for us. So this one is new, so it's got all the stuff. So I gotta say, you know, there's all the jokes about minivans, but holy fuck, minivans are so nice. They're these nice days. to drive, and they've got room, and and they have room for people and stuff. I still wouldn't be caught dead driving one, so because that would mean that I had more than two children. But could you imagine going to Southern California in a minivan versus the CRV? Why? Where you have pilot seats on both sides you have all extra oh, room you and have, you're up higher you have tvs in the back for the girls no we're already up okay, high for in one the thing the girls don't watch tvs they sleep secondly i am only five feet tall so my i gotta front... turn you back up so pick if, if you're going to <laughs> hug the mic and and have it in your mouth however or sit back i have anyway, to say though I'm five feet tall so how old are your kids how old are mine it's true and that's why, like, I, I, I laugh i i just have to give you a, a bad time because it is definitely worth it for your family just I'm. I well, was willing to with, make that sacrifice <laughs> with with four girls and all of the stuff they take. Anytime we go somewhere. Oh, I know. Just with the three of us. I mean, you only have one more than us, but I mean. So they are nice. They are nice to have all the room and 
Although, you know, what's funny is Sean's pretty minimalist. So like when we went down to St. George, she just used like her old cheer bag and it was like not even half full. Like it Mm. was all half deflated. And Chris and I shared a carry on that wasn't even full because we were just staying the one night. We're just like, yeah, we don't need anything. So it was not too bad. I would have taken a grocery sack for my clothes. (laughs) 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 Fucking have anything. So that was my pre-Thanksgiving well, Merry Christmas to Story. you. Yeah. So. Well, that's what, you know, the worst thing about that. So we had a similar experience right at the beginning of the year. Uh, we bought our car on December 31st, right? Yeah. I think so we so. have to renew our registration in December around Christmas and you'll have to do your renewals in November. Well, and then my car that I've got. So I've had my car for 10 years and it was almost the same story. The car I had before that, um, I was up in Draper up on the mountainside of Draper, and I knew the clutch was going out, and it finally went out coming down, so I coasted coasted it to the car lot when (laughs) when I replaced that car. (laughs) When my my view died, like, the the gear shift had been popping, and they warned me, but they're like, it could last a long time, or it could last a little while. So I was... I was on the top of the, like, it just crested the viaduct that goes over the top of I-15 on 39th South. Mm -hmm. And so I was the first car after the light. And when I went to go and put it in first gear, I knew it had, like, it just, and so there was no, so I was on a hill and I'm, like, signaling to move over. And I have my flashers on. And luckily the person next to me, like, went, oh, that person has their flashers on. I was able to coast to the side of the road. So I don't know, something with the clutch with it went out and like first gear did nothing, second gear did nothing. So I'm like... In did, it, it pop, did it pop the cables? Because that's what happened to mine. It might have been. This was like, say, 10 years ago. So like fifth gear was the only gear that would work. So it's like all clutch and... Because <laughs> I don't have automatics. Mine are, mine are sticks. So. Well, and my view was So too. like fifth gear from, from like zero. And I'm in like... Fifth, I'm, uh, I That's like amazing. I'm amazed you did it. Good into job. Into the the car dealership, smoke's coming out of it. Can you? I need a new car. <laughs> and they, I, I wow. can't remember. They gave. I me just like, barely missed the the tracks, the 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 train tracks. Like mm. I was luckily high enough up on the hill because I told you I had a dead stop. That it just, <laughs> I just had enough momentum. Like when I put it into the gear, like it just literally fell out of gear. Like it wouldn't even stay in the gear. It, it was. Good time. I called Chris. I'm like, oh, so smart. <laughs> and he happened to luckily be working on 7th East and I don't know. Between 39th and 45th when he worked at. Oh, it was 7th East and 39th, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, he was so close. We literally there. keep cars till they fall apart. We buy them new. Well, that's what you should do. But then uh, we just. Yeah. That, that's, that's really what you should do with the car, and you should continue to take care of them as long as you can until. There, there does come a point in a car's life where, okay, the the engine's gone and it's not worth as much as right. a new engine to put in or even a used engine, so it's time to probably get a new car because of the amount of energy it takes to build the car. I mean, environmentally-wise, that that's really what you should do with cars, uh, not buy a new one constantly and, and replace over and over and over again. So, Yeah, that's what – that's less the, the view I got because my other Saturn was totaled. The Saturn I got because my my Hyundai was totaled, and the yeah. the well, Honda I, I got. You remember the car I drove in high school, the nineteen seventy eight Toyota Corolla. Uh, I remember it. It had so when I when I finally sold it to to one of my friends, 
um, it had over 200,000 miles oh, on wow. it. And he did a little bit of an, some engine rework on it, and he put another 100,000. That thing had over 300,000 miles on wow. it when it finally completely gave up the ghost. But yeah, 1978, poop brown Toyota Corolla. That's I what I drove in high it. school. Yeah, I don't remember it. <laughs> I, had a, I had the Isuzu, the maroon Isuzu. And then the white Hyundai. This is a riveting conversation, by the way, for our <laughs> listeners. I just I don't know if anyone else is feeling the I had this old car and it died and this old car and it died. Maybe we should move I on. mean we we do get maybe, down into the weeds. I think this is one of the times. Maybe we should maybe we should find out what just shit car talk on okay, new top Shut podcast. up. I'm trying to change it, dumbass. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My car talk's okay. Shut up. Maybe we should find out what Jess did over Thanksgiving because I know that she she, made a pie. she at least made that pie that was all bubbly in her oven. Yep. No, you don't. I was just bringing it down even more. So are you going <laughs> to talk about car problems? No. Okay. No. Then what you car do? Is new. What'd you uh, do? Did someone piss all over your turkey? No. Well then. No, but a very good friend of mine did pass away on Thanksgiving uh, morning. <laughs> wah, wah, yeah. So no, sad. not wah wah. He uh. He was di- diagnosed with ALS um, uh, almost three so years not, ago. So not unexpected necessarily then? Uh, yes, unexpected. Um, fortunately, it was in his sleep, uh, which most people from ALS don't die oh, in their sleep. Yeah. It's a very horribly um, crappy disease that uh, basically your whole body can't move, but your mind is at 100%. It just revolts. Yeah, it's um, rough. And uh, anyways, so like that was a blessing, but it was unfortunate. I couldn't, I couldn't make it back to New Jersey in time uh, for the funeral because uh, his family is Jewish and um, they usually get them in the ground pretty fast <laughs> uh, for uh, lack of... Can't have that meat spoil. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so... Um, when they come back from the dead, they got to be buried bright. You wanted to know about my Thanksgiving. That was my Thanksgiving. But did you have so. good turkey? Yeah, everything turned out fine. So, what kind of pie was it? Uh, sugar cream pie. It was bubbly brown and brulee. Pumpkin ham pies. So, yeah, I, I know my pumpkin. Everything. My pumpkin pies are gone. The turkey. Uh, sorry, I'm on your. Everything turned out fine except. Sorry for the about rolls. the noise, folks. I'm not going to edit that shit out. <laughs> I have a cat on my lap now. I have a pussy right in the middle of my lap, <laughs> and uh, he he doesn't want to move. Like he crawled up up here and. Aww. He'll sit. He'll sit here for about thirty minutes, and then he'll get bored and cry to go get food. So, oh, he's giving you kisses. So I guess I'm doing the hand mic thing since sitting up to the mic is damn near impossible with the cat. Because <laughs> <laughs> our cat is like, what did Cassie weigh him? He's like, fucking. He's he was he weighed more than our damn than turkey, our turkey did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, it's a smaller bird. I stay. I try to stand her fourteen pounds to smoke him. But and there's weighs, only six of us, so it's not like it has to be big. He weighs more than the turkey does. So. That's just more of him to love. I will say, so one other thing on Thanksgiving, uh, and I put out a, I don't tweet very often because um, I don't fucking care that much. Uh, but I did tweet because I found it interesting. The end of Thanksgiving uh, night was a atheist, an agnostic, a Catholic and a Mormon having a very in-depth religious discussion, and then I said, and no a joke. civil one, and a civil one. Yeah, uh, it was it was quite interesting for 
Ah, it was like a good two-hour-long conversation. And, you know, you generally don't talk religion or politics at dinner. And uh, you would think from a family perspective, religion is, is an okay topic. But no, I mean, you've got four different religions, essentially, or belief systems. So I just thought it was really interesting to be able to have that kind of a nice conversation. And I don't think you would have been able one of them was her ex-husband. I don't think that would have happened when they were married. It wouldn't have. It would have turned into a brawl. It, it And it had turned into a brawl in the past. So, so anyways, that was... We make a, better friends. It was interesting. It was a very good discussion. I, I really enjoyed that part of Thanksgiving. So The irony of that is he posted something very similar when we went for pictures on Saturday where he's like, two beautiful girls, of course, talking about the daughters, and he's like, a guy with more... More, more facial hair than hair. More on hair head. on his face than on his head. Guy who wants to be a pirate. That's our photographer. who's a friend of his, and a, a former lover. All go get to get their picture taken or something. <laughs> the girls thought it was hilarious. Well, they thought it was stupidly hilarious. Yes, yeah, but you know, dad, that yeah. type of thing. So anyway, um, so it's going to be somewhat abbreviated in terms of what we do for news. Meaning, I don't think we'll get to it. Because the conversation with Josh was just that good. Um, but Jess has... Pre- and car talk was amazing. Yeah, I mean, really, that car 10 talk. minutes of riveting... <laughs> car talk. My 1942 Ford Taurus that I drove into the ground. And we then I got Ford this Taurus other car. That that we, yeah, it's uh, got a bad gasket. <laughs> probably has a, a warped head. Uh, Did we announce this is episode 80? It's not episode it's not. 80. So Did no. we announce this is episode 79? <laughs> it's not 79. <laughs> It is keep going. No, just keep going. I just want to see if where you're going to stop. <laughs> it is episode 79. Uh, again, if you're listening, if, if you're listening to this episode, you actually probably saw that in the title it's number 79. I still don't understand why we have to tell them what they're listening to when they had to click on it. Because it's cool. Because it's the way that it works. It's not. The, it's the way that it works because people try to make podcasts like radio. Podcasts are not like radio. We don't make any money, not that a lot of radio personalities do either, <laughs> but we literally don't make any money. We were talking about operating in the red. <laughs> we, t- we don't ask for <laughs> yes, donations. Uh, everything that we have, we've, we've purchased ourselves. We pay for our own hosting. We do it because we love it. I like to talk to these jackasses for a couple hours a week. Did you just uh, call me a jackass earlier? You called me a bitch. I what actually, the hell, dude? I hey, I got a huge wah-wah for death in my family. <laughs> so. That was not me, by the way, that did that. I'm just saying. Uh, no, I like these guys. I like talking to you all. Uh, so that's why we do this. Uh, but Jess spends a lot of time pre- preparing things for this this show Way more time than I did this week because I did not do anything. Don't worry. Everyone <laughs> ignored me. So you're good. I didn't ignore you. To be fair, uh, pretty much all summer, I ignore pretty much everything because I don't actually get a chance to even look at my emails, let alone respond so, to But them. I didn't. I didn't. I told you teen, you guys. I didn't ignore you. I responded and said, hey, I haven't really had a chance <laughs> to respond. And so I'm not going to. Uh, but Jess says painstakingly. I mean, she slaved for hours to prepare a list of events that are going on in Utah uh, for you guys. Uh, I dare you to not interrupt her. Why the fuck would I take that dare? <laughs> like that's just no one. No one listening to the show would enjoy that. I think Jess might. <laughs> I don't care. She way. said earlier she doesn't really listen to the show. 
<laughs> so we're good. Said. We're good. We don't even we don't even listen to our own show, so I don't know why the fuck anyone else is listening to wow. it right now. That was totally taken out of context. Uh, it is the giving season. Today is is Giving Tuesday. Giving or Tuesday. Some stupid fucking made up day where you should donate to. It's a nice reminder to donate to charity this season. Uh, Jess is is collecting porno mags. Uh, we don't know the word on socks yet, uh, but definitely porno mags. It didn't work last time, so I don't know why you're trying again. It's I'm just throwing it out there. It's the giving season. <laughs> it's the holidays. If you have a porno mag that you'd like to give to Jess, just drop it off at Southtown, VW Southtown. They'll, they'll get it to her. Maybe. Um, just as soon as you walk up to the first sales guy, just be like, hey, can you hand this to Jess Richardson? Uh, and boom, it's done. Like, they're going to give it to her. Just like that. I don't think they would. I think they'd fear getting fired. <laughs> no, they probably would because they, they would know think it that. was funny and they'd be like, what the hell? No, because then it would get back to me that it didn't and then they'd be petrified of me. <laughs> it's nice to know that people are scared of someone else in my life because so, I hate being the only scary person. Uh, I did want to say, you know, X96 talks about this because they do the big road home fundraiser every year this time of year. Um, I, I did want to say with regards to, to charitable contributions, it's weird when it's cold, people tend to give more. It's not cold right now. Um, that was a really good conversation that they had about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is really weird. Um, and, and specifically the conversation they were having this morning was, uh, about the road home and the lack of donations because of it's all still the warm. news. It's been seven and it's been 70 degrees. Yeah. Well, and, and beyond, beyond that, it's, it's also all the talk of the road home. Like the road oh, home is not right. going away. It's an organization. It's not just the shelter. Just yeah, cause the shelter is going to get used. Just cause the shelter is going to close sometime in the next year to two years. Doesn't mean your stuff's not going to get used. There's going to be what, three or shelters. four new shelters yeah. that are going to be there. Uh, they also operate a, a collective essentially across you know, all of Utah. Uh, and so it's, it's, um, I'm not saying you have to donate to them directly, but I'm just saying in general, uh, well, they get like 75, 80% of their years in, in this, yeah, in, in this, this cycle November, here. December. So just as, as you're out doing stuff, um, you know, give to a cause, try to be careful because there are a lot of asshole scammers out there. Um, you know, it's not bad though. If, if you hear us talk about something local, uh, like the, I'm sure the, the bussing for Santa stuff will, will happen. I don't think it's in Jess's thing, is it? Not yet. Yeah, but it will happen. They'll, they'll probably need something, uh, from you for it. Uh, so that kind of stuff is really good. A lot of the grocery stores do stuff. The food bank does stuff. Um, so try to give locally, uh, is what I would say. For sure. On a feel good note, um, Starting with Festival of the Trees um, this weekend, the 29th to the, to the 2nd at the Southtown Expo Center. Um, all of the trees that are purchased, all of the gingerbread houses, all of the playhouses, um, anything that was up for auction um, on the, it's the day before it starts, so the 28th, that's today, right? Yeah, that's um, All of that money goes to Primary Children's Hospital. And I, I wish I would have written down what year this is, but I don't remember. It's been going for well over 30 years. I would probably say close to 35 years. So um, it's a really awesome event. Something else that's really cool that is happening is down at the University Place in Orem. They are creating a space um, two hours before the mall is opening um, for kids with autism, ADHD, uh, with Santa. 
um, the Santa. Oh, so it's like quieter. It's a quiet so Santa. Oh, yep. Awesome. Um, the Santa who um, his name is Eric Thorkelson has gone through specialized training with Utah Autism Academy. So he's um, not going to be like, what the fuck's wrong with this no, kid? <laughs> no. Um, you know, put him through through training. And he said it's really cool because, you know, norm- it's better than all these kids that just line up to sit on the knee. He gets to spend individual time with each of these kids. Uh, families can sign up for free for 15-minute sessions. It goes from 8 to 10 a.m., um, they can bring whoever they want. They get to take pictures at their they, own accord. Um, so are they with the, at the mall? Do you know, are they going to keep the mall walkers out? Cause the mall walkers like to get there early. I'm, I'm sure the mall walkers will I mean, they're generally there. pretty quiet. This but. is probably in a very specific area. <laughs> I bet it's in a closed <laughs> office. Yeah. They probably have like an empty. If you've like, ever space. fucking been to like the Apple store at fashion place is it's opening before the mall's really open. It's nothing but like. 65 plusers just walking around in their jogging gear. I used to work. That's the sound that makes when they walk. Uh, It's true. I used to work. It is. I used to work inventory uh, at the mall. That's stuff that's sagging, knocking around. (laughs) Balls balls and boobs. So quiet Santa. <laughs> um, you can go to universityplaceorum.com um, and then you can find the the link to sign up for the 15-minute session. Hey, you know, so Bree and I have been watching uh, a new show called The Good Doctor on, uh, I don't know, one of the TV some, networks. Some channel. It's a channel that Who cares does, because does you just doc- record it. It's a Grey's Anatomy channel. Yeah. It's the one that goes... ABC. Dun, 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 dun. It's ABC. Uh, it's ABC, yeah. Disney's one of the one of the massive conglomerates. Uh, anyway, so it is it is a a show that's a story about a, a, a guy with autism that becomes or is becoming a surgeon. He's in his surgical autism. fellow fellowship. Well, he has it. savant syndrome, and he has savant syndrome as well. And it's it's I don't know tons about autism, but what I see in terms of what they portray kind of visually from from his perspective when he goes through some of the things where, you know, you see autistic people, you know, doing the repetitive motions or how they're visualizing stuff. It's really uh, it's really interesting to see how that that kind of stuff well, it's, is it's portrayed. called it's a spectrum. Yeah. So not everybody like my neighbor growing up was like Rain Man autism. Like he was he knew everything. Uh, my brother, my brother is not that way at all. So you know that it's every behavior is is so different on yeah. that autism spectrum. I can't watch it because he was Norman Bates. Well, and that's <laughs> you know what though you, he's not Norman Bates. See, I don't even know. I know he's amazing, he's but an I don't even think actor. of him as that anymore. <laughs> yeah, like and I was going to say that. Ten like, seconds. It's really good to see him. In he that is a he role. is a brilliant act. Like he's even so if good. you watch him as a little kid, yeah. like in the um, he was in Finding Neverland, and yes, there was another one. He little, was this, this, yeah. Anyway, so good. He's really good. Anyway, but I really enjoy how they portray it. I I don't know how true it is. I'd be interesting to to to. I'm sure there's some validity to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last episode that we watched, um, it was actually him taking care of somebody who was autistic, and the show kind of starts out like it always does, and then it shows him kind of noticing someone freaking out. Who it's it's a, a a kid with autism who doesn't have anybody that knows he has autism around him. And so they're, they're trying to touch him and get his vitals and check on him. And he's freaking out and he walks up to them and he's trying to tell them in his, you know, very unsocial way to stop touching him because he has autism. And he, in the beginning of it, he, he looks at him in, in a bad way. 
like he doesn't like seeing himself i think that way and his coworker, he goes up to her at one point and says you're good with autistic people because he need, he asks for her help and and she points out that that he's like him he's like his patient and he he doesn't like that and then there's some there's a shift in the way that he views his patient when he sees how the parents react and and you see how he interacts with this kid and helps him and helps the parents realize you know just because he's autistic doesn't mean that you need to make every single decision for him and you need to treat him like he's retarded like treat him as much like a normal person as you can it was kind of cool to watch like the very different ways that they were autistic that that the the doctor's version is so you know highly adaptable and able to be out in the public and this kid his parents had just kind of shut him off and maybe he could be more so i it kind of feel like maybe stuff like this helps people to normalize autistic people and other people with disabilities and not treat them like they're moronic just because they have a disability yeah sorry to sidetrack us why I don't know. That I mean, I happens. always do it. I always do it. <laughs> you do. I'm not really sorry. Fortunately, I have tons of events, so you know, listen to me longer. Lightning round. Let's Lightning go. round, really? Lightning then you can't Outside interrupt. To listen to that. <laughs> Chris Kindle Mart, 29th to the second. My the, my market. Chris, yes, but with a K. Uh, it's a German market up at this is the place. Uh, also, um, do they have Kinder eggs? Those are, I don't Ger- know. are those German or Swedish? No, they're just European. Um, they're German because <laughs> my coworker and I always talk about them. Um, and they just became legal actually to be shipped over. Hey, so, hey kids, nope, here's a chocolate out. egg with the choking toy. Yes. But now they're <laughs> split in half. And so they can the ship them. Because the Americans weird. are stupid. Anyways, Mountain <laughs> West Cider is doing a holiday market and pet portrait day on the second. If you want to take your pets to go get some pictures. Go get some pictures with your dog. Yeah. Santa. Go buy some things. Um, uh, chocolate Conspiracy, Hebrew Valley Cheese, and Devour are doing a chocolate and cheese pairing class mm. on the 30th. Um, check and see if there's still space. Uh, the last one sold out, so my guess would be this one probably is close as well. Uh, next week, um, we are getting into more Christmas things. So the uh, the ninth, well, this isn't Christmassy, but it's a tradition at the Tower Theater. Uh, they do a sing with Maria, which is they show Sound of Music. It's fifteen dollars, <laughs> oh, yes. and it's a sing along, and they have costumes. And don't shake your head; it's awesome. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> I will shake my head all I, I want. I love that. Proceeds musical. go to Salt Lake Film Society. They're doing a showing at two, and it's six thirty. Um, the eighth, the ninth, the fifteenth, and the sixteenth. Uh, trolley market. Trolley Square Christmas Market, excuse me, is opening. They did it last year. Um, people like Indulge Eats are there. Lots of local crafters, food. Um, just a really, uh, yes, but I don't know if they're going to be doing it this year. They're, they got a bunch of new shit going on. Yeah, they're super busy. I'll have to ask. Um, the they 8th. Have a, they have a meditation space now, don't they? They do. Yes, we talked about that last week, and it's super awesome. I went and saw it. Um, the 8th and the 9th and the 10th, the Salt Lake Men's Choir is doing uh, their Christmas concert. It's their uh, their 36th annual Christmas concert. Jesus. At the, yeah, at the First Baptist Church. Um, it's $15. They are taking donations for the Homeless Youth Resource Center. Um, sets up on 7th South and 13th East. Um, the reason I kind of wanted to throw some of these in is because... Isn't that where... Um who the hell did we talk to from the Homeless Youth Resource Center? 
I swear to God, we talked drag, to someone. Well, drag bingo. That's where they hold drag no, no, bingo. No, 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 But I thought we talked to someone that uh, does a lot of work down there. I don't know. Sorry. Quite possibly. We did. We've talked to a lot of people. Um, uh, so the reason that I brought that up is just because we do live in such a Mormon culture and there are so many like greater things at other churches and organizations that are happening. Uh, on the 9th is the Diwali celebration. Uh, it's the 16th annual. It's at the Salt Lake County Library. And it is the Indian Festival of Lights. It's the oldest and most important fest in India. And it they'll have dancing, food, the light lamps um, to ward off darkness and ignorance. It's a symbol of a victory of good over evil. So if you're into the Festival of Colors, this would be a good place for you to go to. To but there wouldn't out. there wouldn't be colors, just mm, lots of light. No, but it is another festival from these same people, the uh, and yes. similar religion. Yep. Same religion, really. It's yes. the same people. I'm guessing it's the same religion. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be different sects of of Hinduism. But, but if it's, it's we the same know. people, it's not. I had lots more events. Temple. I was told oh. I have to be in light speed. So. Um, also, <laughs> on the 9th, uh, at Time and Space, uh, $65, you get to make holiday wreaths. Um, that's all of your supplies, the class, uh, and she's teaming up with Beehive wait, Floral. Wait, wait, wait. So she is killing plants. What kind of fucking plant shop is killing plants? Come on now. She's killing plants. To make wreaths. She's how do like, you know they're not live plants. ones? You can make air she, plant you ones. You know what? She could come to our house and see how well we kill <laughs> how well we killed her plants. I told her. Um, Did you tell her so, about the rubber plant? Because we killed that too magically. No, because nobody told me about the rubber plant. It just happened. When I was putting out Christmas, I was like, did you think I was not going to notice that the rubber plant? just happened. Well. It's been gone for a couple weeks. Yeah, two weeks. That's still just. That's why it died. I have one more event. <laughs> <laughs> I think plant. you should go to this one, Chris. It's My on the 12th. Still Mine is two. Shut up. <laughs> minus two. I found out minus two. Um, Christmas breads around the world. Park City Culinary Institute is doing this class. Um, so it's limited spots. Uh, you'll make bread from Italy, Brazil, France, and America. And it's being held at the Sweet Brigadier Chocolate Truffles, which I had never heard of until today. So um, you can sign up at parkcityculinaryinstitute.com. I'm done. Park City Culinary Institute is in, in Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City. Yep, <laughs> but the but where they're holding it is not. Where's so it didn't have an address actually. Sorry. What if I sign up for it and sound fucking like St. Well, George? Sure I don't want to go down no, to St. George. No, it's in Salt Lake. <laughs> you don't know that. It, it could be up in Logan. I do know that. Hey, well, speaking of Logan, there's the Delta? gingerbread parade of homes. Don't or forget Nephi. that. Oh yeah, the gingerbread. Then go. Homes. What? Go make bread. Gingerbread parade, parade of home. Parade. Do you get to eat all the gingerbread houses? No, you're voting on which one's the best. And then you get to eat them, right? Gross, no. Why would you? Because gingerbread's not terrible. Uh, it the gingerbread you gingerbread used house. to build the house with is usually not very good. It's not like tender gingerbread. It's a waste of damn food. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Fuckers. With us today is Josh Cameron, who is a, uh, a local Utah activist and volunteer and veteran and i hear you're a precinct chair for the democratic party and all uh, kinds you of had stuff so many titles i didn't really know what to put on here what, what would you call yourself besides a person i think local activist and i guess dude <laughs> dude, dude it's good. local activist and dude i'm writing that down dude. that's a good one 
Okay. I, 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 you, and you have a job title too. Sure. You, so I'm a, U. I'm a research analyst over at the U for uh, pediatric medical research. That's an exciting job title, by the way. Uh, so, the, yeah, so the job title is pretty rad. Um, <laughs> so, some of the job itself is pretty rad, actually. Uh, but, you know, just like any job, there's a reason why it's called a job. And you slug through the hard parts and, you know, you enjoy the good parts. It's data. Data diving. Lots of data diving. It's for, for a lot of people. I actually like doing that kind of stuff. Like uh, deep data manipulation. Yeah, but at least yours is for a cause. Yeah, well, and I kind of follow like a sine curve where some days I just like thrive off it. And it's, you know, six hours goes by and I realize I've been staring at my computer for six hours just, you know, combing through, uh, you know, making medical abstractions to just answer. crazy innocuous data. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, other days it's like I go like two hours and I need to go uh, work on something else for 20 minutes and then come back to it and then just something to take my head you know my mind off it so here's a here's a suggestion take your cell phone put a good game on there and go take a shit just yeah. play the game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great it's a great way to break it up <laughs> I mean you don't have to take a shit you can just sit on the toilet but then no one bugs you well you know there's very few feelings <laughs> that, face. That, there's very few feelings that feel as good as being paid to poo I'm saying you know, I mean, it, it really is a great feeling yeah I have no problems destroying there's nothing like that. sitting and the person next to you. Dun, 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 How does that work dun, when dun, you're self-employed? You turn turn off the sound the off. Sound. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy works from home, so he doesn't really understand I don't have how to share. offices work. Toilet. Yeah. When was the last time you worked in an office, Jeremy? Twelve years ago. Jeez. <laughs> so he goes. He goes to his bathroom and he plays with the sound on, and no one says anything because no one gives a shit. So back when I <laughs> worked for the man, people didn't really have cell phones, and yet. That's it, true. That was like if you did that was uh, that was like Nokia fifty one eighty or fifty one ninety with Snake, something like that. Yeah. Solitaire, <laughs> or you just rock out like the Game Boy or something old school. There you go. Yeah, like the black and white Game Boy, but yeah. it wasn't actually black and white. It was like green, green, yeah, gray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, those, those old days. Jeez. Uh, so what? Uh, all right. So I'm I'm gonna start off with fun stuff, and then we'll talk about political stuff sure um you have a bunch of drunk stories i was yes. gonna say i want the yes. drunk stories all right so drunk stories <laughs> um so i was a really big uh fan of jane silent bob strike back when that movie came out oh, yeah. uh, so i've always been a kevin smith fan and you know i was living here in salt lake when dogma came out and i i went and saw that movie with my mom yeah and uh she uh she was progressive enough to go but um Still kind of tied to the myth. Did to she walk be a little out? Offended. No, she didn't walk out. She kind of got bummed out a little bit by his his kind of in your face. Like, uh -huh. look at the ridiculousness of this idea. I was like, say not something you really take your mom to. But well, that's no, cool. no, she she took us. It was me, and my oh. brother. Yeah, she's you know something I know that you guys are into. Why don't we hang out? You know, just kind of a that's mom cool. trying to be a you know trying to be cool. And uh, um, so Jane, Silent Bob, I started a drinking game. Um, we take a swig of beer for every fuck. <laughs> and then you die. Well, and the problem with that, so you have the start, which, you know, I don't need to go too far into, but you got, you know, well, fuck you, you fucking square. You see that fucking guy trying to tell me I'll fucking raise you? Motherfucker, man. What's the worst fucking thing that happens? You know, stay outside of a fucking store. Fuck. And then, so. You don't have to get quieter. It's a podcast. We can say fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Unless so, you're going to have your mom listen. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> and, and so, uh, it equated to one drink per ounce so you don't necessarily need to be perfect but by the 12th one just make sure you're killing your beer and that just was 
too much. <laughs> like we were, we were uh, like, we lost capacity in our stomachs and we're walking out Slushing. And, like, and like puking into our friend's bushes <laughs> just to make room to drink more beer, which was uh, absurd and stupid. Like it, it just wasted beer. And so I, I, um, and I think some of that is just, you know, being a soldier, you're, you know, when in Rome, when you live in the barracks, boy, you drink a lot. And, um, you know, you, you, uh, work hard, you play hard. And, uh, I, but I did have to amend the rules. Um, uh, after two times of failing miserably, um, I started the game at once Ben Affleck starts, uh, or is, ends the emails. Um, then his game on, but you have to drink at least one beer during that period. So there's no free time, <laughs> but it's not just absurd ridiculousness. But even still, that oh. game is hard to it's it's hard to finish, and it, it's fun. This is a high point beer outside of Utah too. So yeah. this was oh yeah yeah this was on Fort Campbell in uh, Kentucky slash Tennessee. <clears throat> Real bourbon. Real bourbon. Oh yeah. Do you get the same bourbon here? You know you can, but it's closer. <laughs> It's like it doesn't taste magna better. water, but no, no. closer. Oh no, 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 no! It's not like magna water. <laughs> no, I mean that you can only get it here, is what I mean. Like it's closer. It it's is true. Bad. You go outside of Utah and you have a beer. I, I gotta be realize, honest. Oh. I gotta be honest with you. That liquor store is like a not even a full block from my yeah. house. So technically, that's but closer. Technically, unless having it's done research, the research that I do, not all of it is carried in Utah. So no, no. Just saying. Not all of it's carried everywhere. But if he's in Kentucky, it's there. But what if I wanted Sugar House bourbon down in Kentucky? Well, then. I couldn't get it because it's not out there. Right. And this isn't a show about. And Kentucky, there could Jess. be a there could be a bootlegger <laughs> that you don't know of. So that's that's some language of totality that yeah. uh, I, I I can't stand for. <laughs> Bootlegging? Well, I mean, he just no, he, he, he said you you're not going to. He like definitively oh. said that you can't have it, and and yet you can. One, one is now agnostic to that idea because one mm-hmm. can. Because I will make it happen. That. So she's just gonna ship it out there just to some random address just to prove you wrong. Not, not from you, Don. Come on, do it. Ship it. It's good for you. You're right. There's no problem with that. <laughs> While you're at it, can you uh, fill up your back seat with bottles from uh, the new liquor store out in Wendover? Oh, I'm uh, going there. Go 150 back and get pulled over. Please. Just have them sitting. Why would I do plain that? Plain view on your back seat. You know if somebody has. I'm a safe bootlegger. You know how many times I bootlegged? A lot. You bootlegged yeah. for me. A lot. For I think all I'm of this. I'm a bootlegger, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> did you get that NSA? <laughs> I know you're listening. Right. <laughs> so did you guys see the picture of me with, like, with the reaching beer? out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can get N.A. beer there in Christ. Uh, N.A. <laughs> beer is just gross. And then you have warm N.A. beer to, to boot. <laughs> but it was why, just one of those. Why bother? Why would you have that? Well, so I, I had that exact idea. Uh, why bother? And I kind of went into it like with a why bother. And then one of my friends did it. And peer pressure, like, fuck it. Let's try it. See how it ends. And then, uh, but, good. but, uh, just like in any good compound, you do police calls and you police up all the trash. And I saw one there and an idea sparked, uh, in my, in my head. So I, uh, I took off my DCU blouse. I threw some dirt in my face and I had my friend take a picture of me. Like I was, you know, reaching with my last dying breath. So I ended up, <laughs> I ended up sending that to Budweiser and, uh, the guy responded like immediately. It was on, uh, like Facebook <laughs> Messenger, like immediately responded. 
and said, dude, everyone in the office just laughed at this. Ha ha, we're going to send you some free stuff. So they sent me like a cooler, some pins, a hat. Yeah, so no beer. <laughs> but, but still, right? That's they, cool, though. Legally, they can't send beer. Yeah. That's, that's actually a big no-no. But your drunk adventures go much further than Kentucky. Yeah, well... Uh, most of them. So there was even that. You ever heard of uh, like a hash run? Not like not like marijuana, but hash uh, as in like hash house ha- harriers. No. TCH three uh, like or uh, like global? No, 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 not like that. So ha- hash ends up being hash ends up end up being like flour and cereal, and this this idea spawned oh, from okay. like from like rugby teams that act like assholes like as a team and they you know just kind of get drunk and do stupid things for brotherly camaraderie and um <laughs> so like hazing? we show yeah well i mean not quite a hazing cuz you're not there to like hurt them um and the only time that your life is at risk is if you might overindulge but so you walk up to like this uh gazebo looking you know uh um uh, uh covered covered area uh, where you've got uh, concrete and colored chalk and people draw symbols all over it and you show for your first time and you're a virgin and you have to get down on your knees and there's so there's a lot of like man machismo but it's but because they're soldiers and they're all freaking yeah rear into you know show their uh their uh they spent time getting tore down and then built up and full of testosterone and yeah ex- and exactly so you're full of testosterone a lot of, a lot of pent and, up yeah. sexual frustration and, and so it surprises me that there were any girls that actually kind of felt comfortable going there though guys really weren't douches to them however there's lots of swinging dicks and they act like soldiers and you know sailor's mouth and you know and it's like you're in a tavern basically you know and it's kind of the behavior you get and Lots of drinking, and then after your sixth name, you get a, or your sixth time you go, you get a name. And the way you get named, you get beers, two beers, walk away to the wood line, and all your friends uh, tell stories about you. That to be 2% true. So if I said, no shit, there I was, me and Jess, well, therein lies 2%. And so the rules fulfilled. <laughs> um, but um, usually the best stories were like 80 ish percent true that way that's just kind of melded enough to make it good and so my name ended up being system of a down syndrome <laughs> so, like toxicity came out around that time and like i was super obsessed with that album i loved it that's and get out so yeah system of a down syndrome <laughs> <laughs> so let's so you're a you're a veteran uh or a veteran yep. however you say i mean utah i say veteran veteran yeah or veteran veteran <laughs> Just drop them all. You're a vroom. You're a vet. <laughs> uh, did you did you serve in any of the the conflicts? Uh, so I joined December of '99. Ended up going to my permanent duty station in June of 2000. By September, I was already in Fort Polk training to get ready to to deploy because we knew that we were going somewhere. And then by March of 2001, we had orders to go to Kosovo. September 19th, 2001. And then eight mm-hmm. days before I deployed, September 11th happened. So that was really weird and strange to then, like, while I understand there's a great amount of distance between Kosovo and we spent time in Macedonia and Bulgaria, and there's a great amount of distance between there and uh, um, the Middle East, Kuwait, where this happened, it's still, it's, it's weird. Because now you're in a war zone, but... Um, Kosovo was freaking, it, it was amazing and mind blowing. Um, I, uh, had an opportunity to work with the, uh, MedCap detail. And these guys, what it is, they planned, uh, little, 
um, hamlets or villages, uh, try to uh, plan where there's uh, hopefully a school or a hospital somewhere near, and then the locals will show up and we'll go there and give free medical aid. But we'd have to drive there first to make sure that we could actually get all of our trucks up there. So I would be on the recon detail, and then the next day I'd actually go up and then um, and then driving in a big Humvee just feels rad driving all, all across <laughs> so the was countryside that, was that uh was that nato work then in, in yeah. kosovo and serbia that's and that exactly area? right yeah so uh um the and we had norwegian so we had like mass casualty situations where like norwegians would come through with, like fake burns and oh man it's awesome i got all sorts of cool pictures of them and uh, i think i may have lost those which really bums me out but um so you know i had pictures of them giving me a fist of rock with some burns and stuff and you know, it was pretty rad so you were actually deployed in kosovo then when all that happened did did you get redeployed elsewhere or did you get yes uh, out <laughs> so um because they, they started extending tours oh, at that yeah. point well not quite then so um i came home in april 2002 and then um, when we were like mid deployment, somewhere around December, they shipped like their like our rear detachment that we left in the rear as we deployed, then deployed to Turkmenistan. And then they came back um, like three months after we came back. And then by so I came back April 2002 by January. Of, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, by January of 2003, we deployed to uh, to Kuwait. And then Kuwait was kind of the staging point, just waiting for war to be declared, which, if I recall, was actually in March. Um, and uh, and then we uh, jumped forward into Iraq uh, a couple months later, which, funniest story, I think, um, right next to where I slept was this giant uh, um, motor pool where, you know, our trucks, they break down, our mechanics are there, and these guys are the biggest fucking rednecks i mean <laughs> and so i mean so cliche they just blast Def leopard all fucking day like all day like I can totally i picture mean that. yeah like you know these are these are guys that have mullets that can't have mullets because they're in the military and <laughs> and so well, like, like your your mou or whatever i don't know what the army calls MOS. it mos and when when you're not super intelligent <laughs> There's certain skills they put you to. <laughs> so I um uh let me try and get to my last funny drunken story, and then that way I don't take up too much time on this. But uh, so then we um after Iraq we ended up having to return. Uh, so I was in a uh, field medical hospital, so a cash combat support hospital is what phased out a mash. So we set up all of our hospital through tents. Then we had to return all those tents, and we went to Qatar to return all those tents. Oh, awesome slave nation. Yeah, right? And uh, <laughs> where, where we're going to have FIFA. Yay, 2024, I think. Oh, God. Yeah, you don't even get us started in, on in that. In the fucking summer where it's like 200 <laughs> yeah. fucking... Uh, oh, and, and, they, and they took these pe the, like the people who who migrated there to help build the arena, they they're then slaves. took their papers, and now they're indentured servitude. Yep, yep, it's they're slaves. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and so we go over there to Sophia, Sophia uh, Qatar. Or wait, yeah. I think it was Sophia. No, no, Doha. Sorry, Sophia, Bulgaria. So Doha, Qatar, because there's also Doha, Kuwait that I went to. So um, so Doha, Qatar, where we have a, another NATO UN base. Um, I think it was UN. Uh, I got drunk with some uh, Brits there. Um, but one day we went and went off post, went to a hotel in the UAE, went to a hotel. It's about 25 bucks a shot of whiskey. 
which is fucking mind blowing. Like that's ridiculous. No better. It's not like you get any good tip from it. There's really cool people there because, as you can imagine, this is a really ritzy place. So super like James well, you're Bondy. In fucking UAE. <laughs> yeah. So super James Bondy, and um, there's only two underage drinkers there, and the only two that can't hold their liquor. And um, <laughs> so they just overindulge. So I get pretty fucking drunk, but I know my limit. And um, and so these two, as we're driving back in minivans, we've got the rest of the uh, the rest of the units minivan. In the Colonel's minivan. Well, these drunken people are in the Colonel's minivan. <laughs> and so, like, one of them... I, what I, smart so, person decided to put the two really, really drunk-ass <laughs> dudes in the Colonel's? Well, the, yeah. Well, and so... <laughs> I mean... Like, so there's ru- there's rubber mat. To be fair, they were all drunk. Yeah. And so... And the, dudes. Except for... Because dudes for don't the, think of things like that. Right. There were rubber mats, so you can spray it out. And so here, herein lies like where there's really no excuse for what I'm about to get to. So, um, there's, uh, so one of them's, uh, an Asian man. The other one's a white girl who's starved for attention. Um, and Asian dude's face goes in her lap, pukes all over it. She ends up puking all over his face and he pukes on her. She pukes on him. And that happens like three times. And then, so there's like this puke pile um <laughs> puddle basically because it's more so alcohol gross. so a puke puddle and then um the the guy who drove <laughs> who drove the van had um the brilliant idea of rolling up all the windows and just parking it it's so fucking hot dude there. dude it's so hot it's like 120 <laughs> degrees out there and so in like inside this van is 160 degrees and, so and, and so this is just ripe. And you can imagine, like, the, the colonel's face as he goes to his own van. I didn't see it. I wasn't there. But it didn't take long for us to find out because all of our privileges were revoked after that. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because, again, the only two underage people were the ones that ruined it. But still, like, the guy who was in charge of the detail, like, could have taken it to the fucking wash. That was five minutes away and sprayed out. Yeah. But, you know, we were all drunk. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And so, so you, you served over there. When did you, when did you finally? Uh, two, uh, so 2003. So I did a four year commitment. So December 2003. Um, so you got out before they started. Yes. Really doing so they started extending them basically as we were preparing to leave. Yeah, and like, like the end of 03, 04 yeah. when they started doing it. And so it really scared me because I, I thought I was going to get stop lost. If, you don't, if you're not familiar with that term, that just means like, hey, I know that your end date and your contract date is here, but I'll go fuck yourself. Yep, you're you get to serve a couple more years. <laughs> yep. Or just however long until they yeah. lift the stop loss. Yeah. Yeah. That's so they don't draft people. Right. Well, so, so everyone's aware. Which I think there familiar. were like 1,500 uh, uh, pilots, 1,200 pilots, something like that, that were recently drafted yeah. uh, in the Air Force need pilots yep and, and pilots are tough like they're one of the hardest jobs to to get because you have to, to have perfect vision you have to be like five foot tall so i incredibly I, fit like it's not an easy job to fly those planes that's why tom cruise made such a good pilot <laughs> he's <the right> <laughs> i'm serious all the pilots that i knew dude i could do it tiny. Yeah. I've, done, I've done those loops i could totally do it and handle it no, Done. not me. I, there's no way I could function at, at that sort of G-force. It's, I, the, it's like, amazing. I, I eventually get used to like a roller coaster, but even still, like a roller coaster, have I, you I done have those, some, some acclimating. Have you done that stuff at like Mach 3? 
Uh, no, it's a biplane. Yeah, biplanes don't go Mach three. That's right. my point. Doing loops is not the same as having three G's pressing yeah. down on you the whole time yeah. you're trying I, to maneuver. Yeah, that's okay. I could learn. <laughs> I mean, you, the bob. Imagine trying to maneuver the airplane going down the bobsled. Times three. The bobsled's pretty awesome. And the bobsled. How many G's was the bobsled? I think it's only one or one and a half, or like it's not crazy because yeah, I hit three in the biplane. Three or four. Geez. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine that constant and trying to maneuver and pay attention turn to your head. and turn your head. Like yeah. it's not. Why are you guys discrediting my abilities? I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, I think it's. Touche. So rude. I have no confidence in you being able to fly a fighter plane, Jess, effectively. I'm sure you could probably fly it. I just don't know how effective you would be. I'll vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> so would you go back to the military? Um, I try to prevent myself from overly romanticizing the idea, so I would never do it. Not because I don't believe in what I did. Like, there's a lot that I'm very proud of, and I love that it put me so far outside my comfort zone and deal with it. Um, but there's enough that I disagreed with that four years was enough. I felt that was an honorable way out and got an honorable discharge and boom. Well, that's the right way to go. Yep. It looks good. Looks good on a resume. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, people like, and so many people raise such a fucking false flag for for veterans, and and, and all all the the uh, essentially uh, use us as um, a means to tell others how they should behave. It's un- unfortunate. So, how do you feel about uh, kneeling for the national anthem? I have knelt with a flag in my hand while speaking to a crowd. Oh, sorry, while speaking to a crowd for Medicare for all. Um, just because we should we should honor people who stand up for those who need it most, not for those who have the most and punch down the most. And ultimately, that's what we have. We essentially have a government that is waging war against its people, and it's because it's hijacked. As Bernie Sanders mentioned, there's a there's an international um, uh, oligarchy that we should all be afraid of, and these are the people who are essentially like. Hydra. If you've watched uh, yep. Shields of Agents or Hydra. Agents of Shield, yeah, or sorry, Agents of Shield. Thank you. And um, and so these are people that just they're they're rich billionaires. They're used to getting their way. I mean, it, it's it's pretty incredible um how many strings they can pull just by um threatening to tie up their purse strings, which is something that's been recently leaking um from politicians being honest, like, hey, we really need to push these tax cuts so our donors don't don't cut ties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and donors are what win elections in a in an election system that is completely open in terms of money. So this is also where I really like the idea of Wolfpack. If you're familiar with it, it's something that Jank Uger, the founder of TYT, uh, had started, and um, he uh, eff- it effectively um, what's the word I'm looking for? It negates. Um, in 1890, there was a Supreme Court case that um, allowed corporate personhood. And then in, I think, the 70s, it allowed, like, money is free speech, and um, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, Citizens United just opened that even further. Jesus Christ. And, and so Wolfpack essentially um, has 34 states sign on to a state's resolution saying that we don't want, um, we don't want money in politics. Um, and it's, uh, through a constitutional convention, um, 
And if you're familiar with Article 5 of the Constitutional Convention, it's essentially a limited convention where you can you can convene a constitutional convention, but what you're bringing to the floor is what was the point of calling for the constitutional convention. So a lot of people have um, these hearsay ideas of a runaway convention, and so they, they really him and haw. And um, I find that very When was the last time we had an actual constitutional convention? I wish I had an answer to that. I'm going to look it up when yeah. talk. Yeah. I left my Google box upstairs. <laughs> and as I understand, there are several amendments that even um, got passed simply for the threat of a constitutional convention. And um, if the states come together and ratify, yeah, I, I think it's something like 93% of citizens uh, agree that uh, money in politics simply perverts it. It perverts our democracy. And um, whether, you, whether you're right-leaning, left-leaning, center-leaning, um, if there's some dude who has a lot of money, chances are he's not going to think the way that you think. You know, in much the same way that you were divorced from us common peasants from the sound of a little video game while going poo, um, <laughs> you know, these people are so far removed from the day-to-day struggles of, of actual people. And it, it's, it's sad and disgusting that they, that they have no compassion for anything except that spawns from their loins. Just give up your iPhone and you'll be able to afford health care. Right. So the last constitutional convention is when our constitution was actually created in 1787. Huh. So I I just think it would. That's a grand idea. I think it's incredibly difficult because if you think about how big the country was, I mean that was that was huge. Mm. But to do it now with fifty states, with all the people we have, I think territories. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be a much more difficult thing to accomplish. I definitely agree. It's idealistic and. Perhaps uh, in this current climate, it's it's impossible. However, but, you know, this is an idea of perfection that one that one follows. Even if one knows that one can never reach perfection, you still try to perfect in order to. Grow. Isn't that the idea of a pack, though? Is to be somewhat idealistic in in what you do? Yeah, I I think that's fair enough to say. I mean, you're following an ideology, some sort of you know, um, um, arc. Hmm. So you've done a lot more than just be involved with this pack, though, right? Um, so I've reached out to um, uh, my current, um, what you call it, uh, representative here in uh, West, in my West Valley slash Taylorsville area. Dun- um, is that Dunnigan? No, it's Quan uh, um, Karen Quan. Huh. So I had a meeting with her and spoke to her about it, about Wolfpack, spoke to her about, like, I'm this radical leftist, and she was really surprised and said I hadn't met anyone like you when I knocked on doors, and so I'm not I'm not surprised. I've been an outlier all my life. Like, you know, Jess probably saw some of that in, radical in high school. Radical like, in Utah. I wasn't really, and you know, what's interesting <laughs> is I didn't grow up that way. Like, I grew up as this shy kid who, you know, had this stamp of, of republicanism without even understanding, like, I'm... I'm perpetuating these ideas that I fucking abhor. And it's, uh, yeah. And so um, I approached her and I approached Elizabeth Waite. I approached uh, Jim DeBacchus and they're all this bullshit again of a runaway convention. And, um, but essentially the Constitutional Convention, I, I don't know if we finished, it takes 34 states to call it. And then once they convene, if they agree on it, then it takes 38 states to ratify and actually become uh, the 28th Amendment. Um, but these pushes for even again, idealistic, you know, the people's party, you know, draft Bernie, if you follow that at all. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea of nothing else because if the only criticism and the only outrage that, that the people, these progressive giants that we have, quote unquote, um, is from the right, where do you think they're going to go? 
Like, I'm on Facebook and I challenge ideas constantly, constantly. I make people mad at me and that's fine. Um, and that, but I have Democrats that try to shut me down immediately. And it's like, you know, it, it should be fine to criticize. Feedback is a fundamental process of the growth cycle. Where do you find the energy to constantly challenge? Because I, I feel like I do it a lot, but there's, I just, I just can't. There's just times where I just have to, like Thanksgiving weekend for me was fantastic because it was a relatively slow news weekend in, in last six months standards. Uh, and I, I really just shut media out for, for four or five days, uh, which was really revitalizing. Although we but, did have, we did have some political discussion at, at the dinner table after. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say that was more of a religious discussion. <laughs> well, it started out political with the whole kneeling thing. We had a, my mom had posted something about oh kneeling and I, and so I said, so, Mom, why? Because, like, my grandpa was in the Army, right? Mm. And I have great uncles who were, you know, in the Navy and, and who are in the Sheriff's Department. Like, there's a lot of my family that's in, in law enforcement. And my experience with speaking to anyone in the military, sans them, is more on the liberal side with you, which is the reason we fight is so that you can protest. Yes. Right. And so I said, so why? Like, what's disrespectful about kneeling? Like I said, mom, so my mom's Catholic. I was brought up Catholic. You kneel when you pray. That's a, your respectful form of prayer. Which was the whole point. Like that was the whole point of right? him kneeling. And so I'm like, so so why is that? That's so bad. And and she couldn't really tell me. And, and that's kind of as far as I ever push her because she's my mom and I want to respect her. Sure. And so I only push her to a certain point. But I think so many people just don't, I'm not going to change her mind. You know, she's, she's always going to be fairly conservative and she's very religious and, and I'm never going to change that. She's 70 years old, but just to even get her to think about it, to just say, why, why do you feel that way? Don't, don't give me the line that you feel that way. I want to know what, what made you make this decision? Cause my daughter is very, um, very, very liberal, like extremely like crazy liberal. And, and she pushes me to think about things. One example I've given before on this podcast is some, one day I said something about like a guy wearing a tutu and she goes, so like if he wants to wear a tutu and he's comfortable, why can't he? And I went, okay, yeah, you're right. And so she challenges me to think about those things, to ask those questions instead of just keeping those same thoughts. So I don't even know if you have to always challenge like you're thinking but just maybe ask the person why they think that way and see if they can answer it because sometimes that's enough to at least make them stop and think at least for a minute yeah why do i think this this right. thing that i think yeah i agree with that i um i think why is a fundamental part of of that change but i think why is also uh um it's along the idea of a if you heard of a philosopher by the name of Slavoj Žižek he talks about V for Vendetta and how he he likes the idea of V for Vendetta but he essentially comes down to you know I give my left arm for V for, v for Vendetta 2 the next day like yeah so yeah. everyone shows up but then what happens so yeah why is fundamental cuz it takes you to that precipice but then you have to cross it and then you have to figure out what do I do from here and so we, we've got to have why with action, which is why like viva la resistance and this, this romantic idea, like I'm part of the resistance. I have a pink pussy hat. Yay. And like, that's good. But what else? Like, I mean, so it's what's next. Yeah. yeah what's what are you going to do with that? Yeah. It's, it's, and so that's where the, 
idea of a revolution comes in in play and to have revolutionary ideas you you need to be kind of in a manner of speaking divorced from reality when it comes to your idealistic goal because you you need to you need to push for something that is um, in, in a matter of speaking, perfection while understanding how to take the steps to get there in a practical manner. Um, and I think that Bernie Sanders, more than anyone, is actually showing how we can take steps to do things. And in fact, just I think today or yesterday, he, um, yeah, I think it was today, he, he uh, released his package for um, how we should um, help Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. And so, you know, here's, you know, we have Elizabeth Warren on the left, who's the second most, um, uh, a liked politician in America, and the only thing she can do is she can fight back against meanie words. Trump said meanie words and said Pocahontas when he should have been honoring co-talkers, and he should have. He should have been honoring them. These are fucking heroes of what has been known as the greatest fucking generation. It's known as the Great War everywhere. Yeah, right? And and so he should have been honoring them, but she fights back against these meanie words. Meanwhile, a year ago at the same time, Americans being brutalized in Standing Rock sits on her fucking hands, and Obama's. Oh, 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 wait a few weeks. Oh, wait a few weeks, and see, see, see what happens. And then uh, uh, when the Army Corps of Engineers, when the the day before they came out, so I'm sure Congress knew they they were going to come out the next day with it. Then Elizabeth Warren's like, oh yeah, this stuff is bad, and it, it's just like, again, why is good? Getting up to that precipice is good. It's necessary. You can't you you can't move past without getting there. But you have to have the courage to step forward. Why Why does it take so long, though? I think my biggest example right now is like everything that's happening in Hollywood. Everybody, uh, People are losing their jobs, but the leader of our country is doing the exact same thing and nothing is happening. Why is that? He's no different than them. Well, He's so still a man in a job. Harvey's a liberal. And at the end of the day, while I disagree with so many liberals on so many things, and especially like a, a, a need to adhere to a, to a PC culture and not let people speak their minds, sans call to arms like Nazi fucking flags. Fuck those assholes. Um, and so uh, these... I think I just lost my train of thought. Liberals, you're talking Harvey. about Harvey Weinstein. So, oh, thank you. So, I think I think liberals <laughs> still hold themselves to a higher degree of rationality, whereas, um, and this is such a gross overgeneralization. So, feel free to unpack this and pick this apart. But, um, and I think that uh, where those on the right are really more driven by single issue votes uh, or single issue ideas, like um, uh, uh, pro life. And this idea that, well, Bible says it, I don't have to think any further than that. Why do I have to have faith? You know, if, if you if you believe first, brother, then you see. And and this idea is it's beneficial to survive in the short term, but it's so detrimental in the long term. It's great to see you through when you fall on your face, you crash your car, you're freaking sick, to look to this higher ideal. But if you only give to this abstract idea with no understanding of how to move forward, just this why, you know, then all you have is kind of nothing and you know you feel very frustrated you have no way how to kind of tailor your energies how to how to push forward so i try to understand the what do i do next and i've done that with philosophy and while i need my time to recharge that's essentially how i find kind of that energy to 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 keep pushing so that's what other uh activists protest they should be asking themselves is like what's next okay so we went to the we're gonna go put up signs on monday because trump's gonna be here but 
Okay, you put up your signs. Right. Do yeah. you do you think that because right now, and again, uh, along your lines, holy, just a blanketed statement, conservatives tend to be very specific about their ideals and liberals tend to be very abstract. It's easier to for people to understand something that's mm. more specifically mm. indicated. Like we are going to do this ABC thing. Like we're, we're achieving this goal where liberals are like, we want to make the world better. Well, it's, it's easier to get on board with somebody who has a plan. And I feel like right now the conservatives, they may be shitty plans. They may be ill conceived <laughs> plans and, and they may be half baked plans, but when they present them, they present them with the authority well, of the- we've got a plan. And so people get behind them. And then you've got us saying, Let's just make it better. Like, it's, it's the difference between saying the Democrats failed at getting you a job for eight years. I'm going to get you a job. I'm going to bring back your old job versus, well, we're going to maybe retrain you. We've got 15 options for you from a, a personal standpoint. I don't want to speak for all of America, but Americans are fucking stupid. And they're lazy. And and not all Americans are. Bree. <laughs> so, Bree, your point was amazing. Like, I, I absolutely, hands down, agree with every part of that sentiment. I think that is exactly why. Uh, one thing I picked up first thing in the military is when I'm walking across a motor pool that takes me two and a half minutes because it's freaking gigantic. And it's this giant warehouse. And I'm passing staff sergeant after staff sergeant after buck sergeant after staff sergeant after buck sergeant after first sergeant. I better walk with a fucking purpose because then they there's a guy who's doing something right there. That's a guy who's doing something. So when you come up with this this grand, this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to do it. You know, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. People just they really thrive off that and they love it and they and it, it resonates with with their feel goods and that's the same feel goods that drives their God feel goods. Right. And you tap into those feel goods and that's where the magic happens. Well, and it's it's. I mean, the answer to your question, Jess, if if I'm thinking from a a political standpoint, why, you know, guys like Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey is is allegations of sexual misconduct are are just flowing forth and they're losing jobs. You know, uh, Louis C.K., they're all losing their jobs is because there's a there's a big difference between the way liberals handle that stuff and the way conservatives handle that stuff. Look at Roy Moore. Right. You've got the president of the United States. Now, to be fair, there are people in Congress, Mitch McConnell, who has said, no, you need to just fucking bow out of the race because it's unacceptable. There are people that are saying that. But when you have the president of the United States, it's like we can't afford to lose this spot from a from a strategic standpoint uh, supporting this guy. That's the difference. Liberals, they're like, no, you're done. Get the fuck out. Yeah, we're not going to support you. Our stance is there's no exceptions. And the conservative world is is a whole lot different because their thought is, well, you know what? Uh, better to have the bad guy in that's going to vote for us uh, because we're winning. Yep. Because their messaging has been better and they're in control. Yep. And and so I think their house of cards is crumbling, much like the TV show House of Cards now crumbled. <laughs> yeah. Um and because people now see that Republicans talk a good game, but they sure as shit don't know how to govern, and um, that's being exposed. But Democrats have their, you know, excuse the the phrase, their dicks in their hand, doing right. nothing with exactly what Bree said. Exactly. Let's do stuff. Yay. A bigger, better deal. Yay. Oh, what was the deal? Uh, uh look over there. Then yeah. like, <laughs> like, well, it's like, it's like, I mean, if you go back to when they did the, the 99% shit, 
the, right. the, the fucking sitting down on Wall Street and camping out in front of Wall Street, like Main Street versus Wall Street, 99%. Okay, well, what the fuck's your purpose of being here? And most of them didn't have a real purpose. And they're like, well, the organizers are coming up with that. Well, then why are you there? Yeah, you protest, and there's a lot going on. Like, how do you feel about that? And uh, what's happened the last year? So let me start with a question and see if I, and then I'll try and lead into. So, how often do you feel like you are uh, a, a lone ship at sea that's with a mast broken and you have no direction? You have no ability to, to go forward and you're just lost, but you want to do something. You just don't know how. For me personally, not very often because well, I'm an, a- I, you know, I take action on things that I can. So. Okay. So, I mean, has anybody. But I do. Sure? I, I, yeah. It, it, right now, it just feels like it's hopeless. Like it's the next, every, every day, every minute almost, you get another bad piece of bad news. And it, it's not just, just the political bad news, but like just mentioned, the, you know, the sexual harassment stuff. Like it's just everywhere you turn. And it feels like those people who are, are, our Trump supporters are still Trump supporters. And it's so frustrating. And, and when it, it feels so obvious to me that there's something wrong, it's so clear to them that, well, Hillary would have been worse. Well, <laughs> okay, that's a stupid argument. You don't know that. She wasn't, you didn't vote her in. You know, you, you can say that all you want, but that's like saying if Hillary was in and doing a bad job, well, Trump would have been worse. We well, wouldn't she had have emails, known that. She had emails. Yeah, whatever. And been crazy. But we wouldn't have known. <laughs> you you can't you can't make that assumption, and and that argument is is stupid at this point. Like it's just it's ridiculous, and they tell it to you with a straight face. Right. Well, and so with your question about why would somebody who doesn't really have a direction or know what he's doing go out to protest or um, know what he or she is doing rather. Um, Sometimes you're just incompetent. You just, you know, because the system is against you and you just have no idea. You have no idea how to express. You have to, to find your for, purpose. Well, yeah, and, and then that's so why you, you show have, up here just to, and you show up to a, a protest just to figure it out. And that's why you have protests like, like the, um, the, was it Annie that did the special, the, the 20 years later after the Rodney King riots? Oh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, and, and it's, it's interesting to hear the stories of how those riots occurred because, you know, that's a protest. Uh, the, it, it, it's it was a riot. A poor, yeah, like it, it's a sad. It, it turned into a riot, and it was sad. But as you you listen to the stories of the people that were involved, like, and when I say involved, I mean the people that that beat Rodney, you know, that, that beat Rodney King, that that beat Reginald Dennings. Um, when they're doing interviews of these people that were filming this stuff on the street as it was starting to unfold, and you hear them, and and they're they're all talking like we were fed up. We got we got caught up in a moment. We didn't know. You know, we, we were just done. Like there was no stopping us because we were at a point of, of breaking. And, and organized protests are, I think, a, a prelude to that. And you see in other countries, and, and hopefully it doesn't happen here. Hopefully things change. Um, but, I mean, look at, um, is it Boston? No, uh, Baltimore. You know, and What the, it the, turned the, into. The, well, and, and what it still is. Like the crazy shootings to the point where the community is having to say, hey, can we just have one day? Where, where we don't have people killing each other. But you look in other countries like France, you look in, in Spain, and, and the protests when inaction happens do turn into violent riots. They, they do turn like into... Like with Catalonia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what that happened was, in Catalonia? That was so disgusting. Or what happened with, the, with French college students yep. like not even 10 years ago, you know, where they're, they're having massive riots in the street because of the way the government's handling things. 
and I, I, I think that protesting can get there, but I think the, the answer, and, and this is a question maybe for, for you, um, but to me, the next step beyond protesting is what does, you know, specifically for Utah or, or for the nation, what does the Democratic Party have to do next? You know, how does the person that's protesting move from wearing the pussy hat and showing up at a protest to actually being involved uh, from a political standpoint because a protest just turns into a riot being involved in the, in the political scene, getting involved in, you know, your local elections, getting involved in, you know, your local caucus. That's where you can start understanding your government. See, I, I think a lot of people aren't, they're not stupid. They're ignorant and they don't, really know what democracy is you know the people that say this country was founded you know on on christian values well it wasn't it wasn't founded on christian values at all not even slightly that way i i work with someone who has told me that the separation of of religion and and state isn't what i think it means which is you know you can bring your values to the table all you want but as soon as your rights start trampling someone else's you've gone too far right that's where your rights end as they start infringing on another exactly and and you know i was talking to my mom about that and, and my ex-husband who's lds you know him saying well i'm fine with gay marriage i i you know my church isn't and how does somebody rectify that when they walk into the voters booth and i say they rectify that by saying gay marriage does not affect my straight marriage right and they say, you know, when the government says the LDS church has to marry gay couples, then that's an infringement on their their religious rights. But right now, nobody's saying that. They're just saying, let's give everybody a chance to love who they want and marry who they want and have the same benefits as everybody else. Nobody's insisting on a certain religion changing their values or whatever they, they believe in how, some, <laughs> how something should be. They're just saying, let people be. Well, and how about rectify it uh, or reconcile it by saying, hey, you know what? I, I recognize your humanity is more important to me than your sexuality. Something that exactly. I, that is none of my business. I never see unless I'm fogging up your windows from the outside. <laughs> In which case, I'm the problem. Right. Right. <laughs> That's just awkward. So, I mean. <laughs> Whoops. I didn't. So I wanna, face. I want to I, I move this away from, from activism in the, sure. the protest sense and, and talk about, because you have been very involved, it sounds like, and, and looks like, in, in local government. Sure. Um, like I said at the beginning, you're, you're, you're a precinct chair for what precinct? Um, so I'm precinct chair for Precinct 72 under um, the House District 34. So again, Karen Kwan is my uh, representative. And so that means that I have voting rights when it comes to conventions. And so when it comes to nominees, uh, this past one for Kathy Allen, I, um, even though I can't vote in CD3, I was very opposed to Kathy Allen. I did not, Kathy Allen is exactly the liberals that I disagree with. And I've been out to protests, uh, where Kathy Allen was there and she has told me that she disagreed with Medicare for all because it's a lot of paperwork for doctors. Now, granted. What the? Maybe maybe she had a bad day and maybe it came off wrong and maybe she just failed to really portray her thoughts in a good manner. But that's such a shitty thing to say. That said, a couple months later, after I started criticizing her from the left and maybe other people, she came out and was like, yeah, by the way, Medicare for all. And so while she failed, she ran a shitty campaign. And I had this, I had this uh, conversation with my stepdad and my uh, uh, myself earlier today just uh, that um, – just because somebody wins doesn't mean their ideas were better. Right. Somebody, somebody may have this intrinsic, you know, um, 
uh, uh, charisma. Well, and just foundational support and institutional support where the other person doesn't. The other person's ideas are fantastic, but he has zero institutional support, well, or she has and, zero and, institutional support. And beyond support. institutional support, I mean, we can go back to to Misty Snow's campaign against right. Mike Lee. We were talking about this b- before we started, but you know. Misty ran a campaign with less than $100,000. Mike Lee canceled all his freaking speaking events, all his tours. He wasn't going to campaign at all. She starts campaigning. He's still not convinced. He does a debate with her, and suddenly, on the BYU campus, (laughs) floods the TV with ads, spends a million dollars somewhere in that ballpark running against her, where previously he wasn't even going to try. And so, you know, having someone step up and do that, one, it it kind of forced his hand to make him actually do something and and work for a job instead of just getting it. But that's a a prime example where you have someone that had a lot of support, especially down in in Grant and Iron Counties, uh, challenge an incumbent. um, But institutionally, he he had money. He had funds sitting there. He didn't have to fundraise to do that. Well, and she didn't have all the Democratic backing. I think that she... She had no Democratic She didn't. Backing. She had no Democratic be, backing. I was trying to, trying to be kind of well, nice about it. I'm but, not yeah. being nice about it, and that's just yeah, it. because we know that we were there the whole time. Yep. That's, the, that's, the place, that's the place where we have to stop being nice about it internally within, say, the Democratic Party. You can't be like, well, you know, they had to focus their... No, fuck that. Yes. She did amazing yes. for $50,000, and I she will... Just con- amazing period. I bitched about it then and I'll continue to bitch about it now. It doesn't cost a damn dime to put her name on a fucking email that no. you're sending out for fundraising. Yes. And they didn't do it once. The entire fucking campaign. For right. six months, they didn't put her name on a single email from the Democratic Party in Utah. And that's total bullshit and shows a complete lack of support by the Democratic Party. You're right. It's um, crap. So you asked earlier, what's the next step from our protest? Filing to be a, a chair or... Uh, uh, announce for office. What That's were you, you talking do about doing uh, when we were doing the, the? So yeah. So what? So when, Bernie, when we were doing the Bernie. Yeah, to explain thing. to explain precinct chair a little bit more. So in the state of Utah, and every state's a little bit different. In the state of Utah, we run in a caucus system, right. and so when everyone showed up for the primaries to vote for Hillary or Bernie, and there were fucking lines out the door, guess what? Your vote didn't mean shit. Right. And because it wasn't a vote. Were empty. It wasn't a real ballot. It was a yes or no. Like, who do you want? But if you go in those buildings and you look in like the gym where there's 20 people, that was the caucus meeting. That was the meeting that mattered. That's the meeting where you become precinct yeah. chair. And in a lot of precincts, no one is even there. Like, you're just precinct chair de facto because no one goes in there. They don't know what they're doing. Well, and a question I'd like a lot of people to chew on is um, 79% of people who took the time to go vote during the uh, the caucus during the primary, I mean they stood in line for two, three, hours. four hours. Hours. So they so seventy nine percent of these people that took the time to go out voted for Bernie, and then Jim DeBacchus has a closed door meeting with oh my gosh Chelsea Clinton, and then the next day comes out and tells people hey vote vote Hillary Clinton. Not I'm voting, which is his right. It's his right to vote for Hillary Clinton, but you vote. Fucking what? What? Yeah. Like, and so we have so many anti-democratic, and this is from the fucking most liberal senator. So he's actually blocked me from his page because I, <laughs> I, I lambat, I tore into him and I made all of his, all of his followers so mad. Biblical nationality. And, well, and you have to keep in mind too, beyond the meeting with Chelsea, like Hillary played by the rules and Hillary has been donating to the Democratic Party here for a while. They needed money. Yep. Yep. And so, well, that that plays into that what we, you were talking about earlier. 
money needs to go away from it. Yes. And, and so, um, I, you can build a, a, a progressive tax system, a, a progressive tax system that funds publicly funds elections that way you have you can actually have um campaigns that run off fifty thousand dollars and be a legit yeah, it's not it's not 1800 anymore we ha- we <laughs> right. are in an information age yes. we don't need months and months of political ads. right i feel so fucking bad for people that live in the midwest you think political Dude. ads are bad here during the election season if you live in a state like iowa ohio michigan any of those any of those supposed swing states Every fucking ad on TV. Yeah. There is nothing but political ads all day, every day. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, it's, and there's no reason for that. We we could shorten the election process to a month. If to we could two have weeks. A, if we could have a parliamentary system of like a six week. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that would be awesome. It like, would be great. You have to, to get do it like Dancing with the Stars style because more people vote for that show. Then for an election. Yeah. Well, and well, so, then Donald Trump still wins. That's I don't true. know if you know about his reality <laughs> stuff. Well, and, and so, so let, let, let me ask you this. So this idea that $100,000 in Russian Facebook ads, mind you that, as I understand, half of these ads played after the election and half of those ads played in red states that were solidly Republican. So $50,000. But still, let's go with that $100,000. Hillary Clinton spent a billion fucking dollars. Van Jones said Hillary Clinton put a billion dollars on the ground and lit it on fire. And then, um, she so, pissed on it first. A uh, hundred thousand dollars is, is a hundred, is one hundred of one percent. So you're telling me that Hillary Clinton is so incompetent that one hundred of one percent of her effort overthrows her fucking ability. And we are peddled. We are peddled with she is the most uh, uh, trained and, 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 uh, you know, she's got the best resume and pedigree for, for this job. And now these same fucking people are telling us to stay calm because they're at the wheel. What in the fuck? What, in what <laughs> yeah. world does that make sense? Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. And, and I will say this about Hillary. While I think she would have been okay as, as a president, while I, I do agree that she's, she's been doing that her whole life to get to that point, uh, she's also had 30 years of Republicans doing nothing but creating, buzzwords and and keywords to point at. And when I was joking earlier about the emails in Benghazi, it may be a fucking joke, but that was the shit that was still going on during the campaign right up to the election day. And that's the stuff that people went out and voted for because it was a clear message. It was simple. No one knows what the fuck happened in Benghazi. I bet if you asked half the people, they don't even know what Benghazi means. They just know it's a bad thing. And Hillary Clinton was responsible. Yep. Oh, I, I, would solidly and, and agree with that, that that kind of messaging is why the Republicans have continued to win in in Senate races, in House races, in governorships, and it's also because people don't fucking go out and vote whenever we're in off years. Their SEO is on point. You know what's interesting though now <laughs> is um, I think it was a TYT video. It may have been Jimmy Dore, and um, they sh- they talked about how there was uh, I think it was a, a one of the campaign managers. Um, or marketing director, somebody within the Hillary Clinton campaign got pissed um, at her marketing team and she said, what the fuck? Why is it these amateurs that support Bernie Sanders make these mind-blowingly amazing videos? And you guys who are paid to do this, like, just have this boring shit. Because the amateurs that were doing it for Bernie were doing it out of passion. passion. Yes, 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 exactly. And so he tapped into their feel goods, you know, the magic that we talked about earlier. And that's what it takes. And when you tap into someone's passion, they put... All of their heart and soul. Well, like I said, it's the plan. It's you mentioned. It's it's passion and it's tapping into the feel goods. But like the Republicans, 
which I hate to liken him to, but he has a plan. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know you, what I mean? Like 25% so, of the Republican Party actually agrees so with him. So that plan is what does or the voters. same thing that the Republicans do. Yeah. People are able to follow the plan. I mean, my daughter is a wholehearted Bernie supporter, lover, still does the whole, you know, Bernie would never do that, would have never done that to us thing. She, she like I said, she's a, you know, hard, hardcore liberal. I love the child. Like, she's just amazing. She amazes me every single day with, with the choices that she makes. And she, you know, she brings those things up to me and I'm like, <sighs> but the hubris of, of the, Democrat, quote unquote, Democratic Party leaders, uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Like, we are so war fatigued and she's beaten the war drum. She, she fucking was on for months. She was calling for a no fly zone in Syria, which is figuratively a line in the sand that if you cross, we're at war with who? Russia. So here's a good idea. How about the two countries with 93% of the nuclear arms go to war with Again. each other? That sounds good. Again, yeah. yeah, that sounds great. And then what's not being reported is NATO has missile batteries that are in, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, uh, it's a country next to Crimea was in it. Why can't I think of the, um, Jordan? No, no, no. no. Uh, it's, it's, um, Ukraine. Ukraine. So the so we have we have missile these missile batteries in Ukraine Ukraine pointing missiles into Russia the same way that the Cuban missile crisis was here. So you can imagine that there's little kids ducking under desks having fucking bombing drills, and this is what we're doing. But we don't show that because the difference between American media and say something like Al Jazeera, we we have our missiles shoot off, and people like Brian Williams nut in their pants, and they invoke the name of Leonard Cohen and say, "I'm reminded of the beauty of our missiles, where of our weapons rather." Whereas Al Jazeera shows where those weapons land. Yeah, and what happens afterwards? Yeah, and and like we have these liberal, you know, leaders like uh, on CNN. Oh, you got Fareed Zakari on CNN. Trump saying many things. He's the next coming of Hitler. Sure, he says fucking disgusting, outrageous things, but up to this point, his dad's a fucking racist and really stole a lot of money off of, you know, off of the backs of people. And Trump's a terrible human being. But as, during his presidential campaign, he made fun of a, a guy who was mentally handicapped or physically handicapped. He made fun of a gold star family. He says many things, but it's, and he's a, because of that, he's a second coming to Hitler. But Fareed Zakari, the second that he sent missiles over into Syria, put his hand over his heart and said, today he became president. Fuck you. Yeah, and this is my crazy. problem with all of mainstream media. Fuck you. No, they don't tell us that these generals that come on are paid by the Department of Offense because we don't have a Department of Defense. That's a euphemism. And so we have the Department of Offense paid to, to peddle these wars. Noam Chomsky says that, you know, any dictatorship would love, would love to have the complicity of, of our mainstream media. Yeah. I didn't even, I've never really thought about that, but if you look at our media, you know, when we fire cruise missiles and destroy terrorist camps, you see the picture of the cruise missile leaving the ship. You don't see the impacts. Sure. And and Raqqa. Holy shit. Did you see Raqqa? This is what victory looks like. Every single building blown up, every window blown out. This is a, a goddamn dystopia. Yay. Well, we we don't, yeah. We don't see a lot of pictures of Syria in the media. Nope. It's easy enough to go find them. Just go look them up on Google. Go look at the satellite imagery. Uh, and then go, just go look at pictures of the fucking massive cities that used to exist in Syria. We have protests 
of Tea Party members with 23 people that are blasted across the fucking mainstream media, but you have an arena filled with 50,000 people for Bernie Sanders and crickets. Oh, oh, Donald Trump, there's a podium. So he was in Phoenix for, with I think, like 20,000 plus people showed up at an arena, and they showed Donald Trump's podium at CNN, MSNBC mm-hmm. for 40 some odd minutes. That. Yep. It's fucking unbelievable. Yes. And, and again, these are the same people who tell us that they're at the wheel. WikiLeaks showed us that uh, Hillary Clinton said that she pulled the Pied Piper, the Pied Piper strategy. Are you familiar with that? So run uh, Ben Batshit Carson. Um, Ted Cruz and, um, and Donald Trump, because these are the craziest of the crazies and will run the Republicans off the cliff, showing how fucking divorced she was, because that's exactly who the base loved. And out of those three Pied Pipers, they were one in two of the nominational picks. And that's, and again, these people, it's fine. We're at the wheel. And they're telling us that they're the adults in the room. Go fuck yourself. I go to an old folks camp. It's fine for you. You need to go, to, and I hope I don't offend with anyone with this, but <laughs> go, go watch some reruns of Golden Girls and get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I, I like to fuel the fire and bring it local. Uh, what about Mr. Uh, your words, Beaver Face Chaffet? It's not, it's not Beaver Face. His eyes look like buttholes. Okay. <laughs> his eyes look, look, watch him. Both of his eyes look like sphincters. I, I, <laughs> So I call him. I call him Sphincter Face. A sphincter Face. Sphincter says what? Um, <laughs> exactly. And so I, uh, I try not to add hominem, but he's such a caricature of a of a person. He's a shadow of a person. Um, and so I was out there uh, protesting that asshole when he came and had. Uh, I was one of the people outside. Um, uh, his town hall. Yeah, his town one hall. One of the paid people. Yeah, one of the paid oh, how people. How much money did yeah. you get for that? I'm still waiting on George Soros to cut me a check. I know, right? So that's and, the difference. Republicans do pay their people. Right. Well, exactly. Well, unless you're Trump. Yeah, Project Veritas. Yeah, they yeah. pay their people. And so um, actually earlier in that day, I, sta- I was on uh, the U of U campus standing up for Academics United and uh, saw a bunch of people I worked with, which was nice. But yeah, these people are scared. You know, this is during the uh, call for the... Uh, um, the non-Muslim Muslim ban. Oh, and then later that night was protesting Jason Chaffetz. And I got caught on, on Huffington Post. So Huffington Post showed a video at somewhere like 58 seconds. It shows me and I have a light in my face because I want to be seen. I want Jason Chaffetz to be like, that asshole is telling me something. <laughs> and it showed me right when I said, your last term, your last term. <laughs> and yes, it was great. And then he, 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 he did win, but then he bowed out because he's too chicken shit because he's got the hardest job in the world. He's the head, you know, he's, he's basically got the head of the investigation, you know, uh, of Donald J. Trump. Yeah. And, but he's a crony. Oh, yeah. We can talk. Uh, we've talked a lot about that on air. I'll, I'll talk to you off air about my yeah. thoughts on that. Um, I do <laughs> okay. want to bring it. I want to keep it here yep. local in Utah. Sorry. Um, because uh, you have run, you know, you've run for West Valley mayor. Yep. Um, and, and you said you did that as a pressure campaign. So I did that as a pressure campaign without knowing a damn thing about how to run a campaign. And so I needed to know. And I can ask all the questions in the world, but there's nothing like experience. And so the idea of a of a first comer winning is really low. So the idea of, of me really hurting much is is pretty minimal. And then a, a lot of people use a, I, I've seen a, a first campaign is kind of like an anchor, something to point to. Look, what do you, what have you done? I've run for office. I've been a precinct chair. And so I'm trying to build a resume right now. And, uh, because I don't know exactly where my end game is right now. I really like the idea of our voice that I can get into. It's not as local, but is, but more national. Um, 
And I'm just, I'm asking these questions because for our listeners, we talk a lot about being involved locally. Yeah. It's not just protests. It's not just activism. It's doing exactly what you have done, which is to go be part of the caucus, to try to become a precinct chair, to have an actual vote when it comes time to vote for Hillary or Bernie or local representatives um, and, and to run for offices, to run for those smaller local offices. And shame on me, but there was there's a fucking council chair open in Kearns with no one running for it. Oh. Well, and, and the thing about it is, is people just in Utah, it's easy. And, and I used to be one of them. Um, it's easy to say as as a non-Republican, whatever you are, whether you're Democratic or, or you know, independent or whatever. But as a non-Republican voter, it's easy to just say my vote doesn't count. But all you, you're the only place your vote really doesn't count when you live in Utah is the presidential vote, right? Yes, yes. Because and so we tout this on this podcast all the time. Vote local. Your vote actually counts when you vote local. Well, your vote for city council and mayor and governor are going to have such a bigger impact into your everyday life than right. president. Yeah, and your local and your local congressman for yes. the and state legislature. And if you can, if you can, if you can keep doing that and encourage other people to do that, if you can change your local climate, then your national climate begins to change. Um, we're never going to have anything other than a red state if we don't change the landscape in Utah first to create a purple state. I mean, I would be happy with a purple state. I really would. Because... You know, maybe ha- we can get half of our reps to to let's become Ohio to throw it to throw a, a Democratic With vote. All five of our you know, votes. toward toward a campaign. Let's make sure that the presidential campaign comes through instead of just us being our flyover yeah. state. I mean, yeah, that's really I, what it is. I, and I feel like it doesn't matter whether you're you're a deciding voter or not. I feel like the presidential campaign sh- should go through all the states. It, it it you sh- everybody should have a chance to 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 go to it and to listen and and to well, feel and part of the of the process. And and honestly I don't think they should visit anyone. I think they should put all their their views, they can put vignettes up online. Yep. Um and and you run a campaign with a capped amount of money with a capped amount of time. Yeah, or that. But I mean this this whole we're only going to visit the key states kind of makes me want to say fuck you when I cast my ballot, I'm not voting for anybody. Well, because I, you don't care enough for me to come and sway my mind either way or care what I think. When I yeah, go to your, be clear, your, you need to vote for somebody. I know, but it, it's <laughs> it's but it's that mentality that causes people to just say, "I'm not voting," or to yeah. throw away their vote. Or Bernie didn't make it in Utah, so I'm not even going to show up to the election. Exactly, like it, it, a vote for opposition, I, whether you're happy about it or not, is at least a in vote. a lot of in a lot of our districts, especially house races, state house races. Uh, the, you know, the vote comes, it's literally within a hundred votes in a lot of cases. Uh, even, even national congressional races, you know, our district with, with stupid puppet Mia Love, you know, her, her margin has been growing, but we're still talking less than 2000 voters. Well, Less than two thousand votes stays, are the difference between her being I, I live in that district. Yeah, so do so we. Do we. It's, it's this district. Yeah. So, oh, nice. so I, I, I've come to hate orange, and that makes me sad because orange is a very, very fine color. <laughs> <sighs> she, she just she drives me crazy. It, part of my hatred comes from my kids are both on their way to college right now, and them fucking around with 
my ability to to pay for them to go to college and for them to help themselves go to college and, and become what they want to be hinges on people who have taken advantage of the system and then want to take it away from others. Like I I reaped my benefits and nobody else needs to now. Well, fuck you. Like, leave some legacy. Well, if you're Bet- Betsy DeVos, you never actually reaped your benefits from the education <laughs> well, system. Well, and bears can come get you while <laughs> you you're have in no your classroom, idea. too. You have no fucking idea what the public education and system is. And keep a gun is. around what? in case the bear comes. Like, the, I feel like when Trump puts people in office, he picks... The person to oppose. Yes, you that do. That's, that's the it's point. not. It's not a feeling. That is that, what he that, does. That's what the, the, tea the party guy did. in charge of the FCC, prior to becoming part of the leadership in the FCC, sued the FCC as part of Verizon for about ten years. Yeah, that's just one example of a per- the, the head of the EPA. Scott tried Pruitt. to dismantle the fucking EPA yes. for 10 years yes. before he was put in charge of it. So it's not a feeling. That is it's, exactly yes. what Trump is doing. Well, and then the uh, uh, the Tea Party, Mike Lee and Ted oh, Cruz say God. the government doesn't work. Then they shut down the government and say, see, the government doesn't work. They undermine it at every step. And so let me ask you, as far as on a local capacity, let's say there was an app. And let's say this app happened to be called, I don't know, Our Voice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, That's a really right? great name. Isn't that cool? You should start that right? just in case somebody gets a good idea. And so on this app. Is that trademarked? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, so I'm a, <laughs> I'm a volunteer with these guys. And, um, um, let's say that on this app, you can take a political spectrum quiz, but instead of, it's saying, congratulations, you're a communist or a socialist <laughs> or a, you know, or a radical right winger, whatever. Um, it says, hey, based on these views, this is who's running for school board, city council, mayor, um, judge, judgeship. Who the fuck knows who's running we for do. judge? Do you? Good for you. We pay, Good for we you. pay attention so hard. Well, to that. To be so fair, hard. they don't run for judgeship. You can just vote them out of it. And right. and I, uh, okay. there was one, there I was see. this one lady that, oh God, I, she was terrible and her colleagues didn't like her and all, and people just vote yes yeah, for fucking, all the judges. Her, her fucking judicial review was atrocious. It's like and 60% the, the, Like 60% recommendation was to remove her. Yes. Wow. And she didn't get fucking And the removed. rest of them are always like 100% or 95%. It, but people don't read that shit. No, right. no one ever reads well, the water And so the point of this app is to hopefully break through the cult of personality and figure out this is policy that you like, and this is the person who's running with that policy. And so some of the statements are things like um, the banking industry bailout was an exercise in corporate welfare. Do you very agree, agree, neutral, disagree, very disagree? Um, access to quality health care should be based on the individual's ability to pay for it. And so these are relative talking points that we hear on both the left and the right and that we have in here and we want to see where people align because the point isn't for me to say hey i'm a radical leftist you better be a radical leftist the point is to say you know what we're really being punched down on by like this weird point one percent hydra like faction and we need to be the agents of shield i don't give a shit um if you're right-leaning if you're in a foxhole with me we're in a goddamn foxhole we just haven't figured it out yet and so the the point is to inform people and make it easy to go out and vote. And so it's less daunting. It gives you a chance to have an idea. Spend 20 minutes and now you know who you're going to vote for. And the more access you get to it, I, I think the the, li- the higher the likelihood, especially with mail-in ballots, that increases voter right. turnout here in Utah. And we're really good with mail-in ballots. And so I think this is a way to really help transform the landscape. 
And, um, the guy who helped me on my campaign for mayor, um, he ended up, he's now their IT director. Um, and so I, I met Sam Ronan, if you're familiar with him, he's the one who started it. And so he's a CEO, I guess, it's a nonprofit. Um, and so he's also running for Congress right now. And so this idea is, let's get the 99% to start talking about ideas that are going to help them. Let's look at an idea of kind of like a, a Venn diagram. Where do, where do we overlap? Let's express these overlapping right. ideas, help people, and then let's let's maybe parking lot some of these. You Everyone know, loves an infographic. Let's, 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 vote, let's vote on ideas and not not the person. Right. So yes. I have a funny yes. story that's on that. And I don't know who put this out. But right before the presidential campaign, like, I don't know, it, it might have been the end of summer, um, my little liberal friend that I work with sent me a quiz just like that for the presidential election where you just... Yes or you know, agree, disagree uh, to an extent, you know, mm. of, of sliding scale on different subjects. And it would give you a little synopsis. So if you like read something and went, oh gosh, I don't know what that is. You could, you know, get a little, this is what this is. And then you do it. And then at the end it would say like, you're this much for Hillary or this much for Bernie or this much for Cruz or, you know, all the way down for all the candidates to, you know, down to whatever. And my coworker took it and she came back mostly Trump, but like she, she was like maybe 40% Hillary. And she went, I agree with her that much. There's no way that's impossible. I'm not even going to vote. And I went, really? That shut your mind down. <laughs> well, and that 40% is probably just nothing more than a pro war stance. And so it, if, if it you, totally could have been like, yeah. I don't know how she answered any of her, but I thought that's, that's a, like, that's a sign of, of this, this growing <laughs> disease that we have in this country where, Rather than just go use that as an aha moment or getting you to that precipice, at least where you can maybe make that decision. She just she shut down right? and went, well, if I can't be 100 percent Trump who I want to follow, I'm not going to be anything and I, I'm, I'm not going to do anything. Right. And, and now she's she's stalled. And instead of opening her mind to the fact that maybe Hillary isn't so bad or maybe Bernie isn't so bad. And and seeing why she just shut down. Well, people are afraid of opposing ideas, and therein lies a danger to be able to work together civilly. Because if you can't compromise, I mean, uh, when I was in the army, I I got involved with a Holy Roland Church, and they talked about how compromise is a four letter word. Like they don't like com- you don't compromise with the devil. And therein lies a problem. If you look at things binarily and it's black and white, good or bad, well, I either need to be good or I either, or, or I'm bad. And then you start warring against yourself. Um, I had a conversation, uh, I have funny conversations with most everyone I run into, but I had a conversation with, with my uh, doctor a couple years ago. He was giving me a physical and I asked him if he had any idea of, um, if some of our, um, um, counterproductive and counterintuitive ways of um, acting have negative consequences on our body that could be expressed in ways of, say, cancer, for instance. Like, say, testicular cancer. You know, you have male, you know, the the male um, physiology says that you need to be constantly horny to the point where when you're a 12-year-old, like, he just wakes up for no fucking reason. It's so awkward, the weirdest fucking thing. And then you start thinking with your dick well, from, you know, post-adolescence and, and on. And, but then you, you wage this war against yourself where you shame anyone who 
diddles himself in the shower or, or whatever when, when they're, when they're home alone and nobody's there and there's no Macaulay Culkin. Um, <laughs> and, that was and, very Oingo Boingo right? of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, we shame people into just simply very normal human things. You can't, if you sinned in your heart, you've, or if you sinned in your mind, you've sinned in your heart. If your mind can't be a, a, a place of solace, a palace of solace, uh, where the fuck else can you take solace? And so, that's another disagreement I have with religion. I don't know if that's necessarily should be laid at God's feet or the idea of God. Um, but I have a huge problem with religion that prevents anyone from thinking in gradations of gray. Because mm-hmm. that's where we all live. We don't live anywhere in black and white. Mm-mm. So I got a question about our voice, and then I think we're going to maybe wrap up the, cool. the chat here. So is our voice specifically focused on Utah right now? No, it's it across our... every state. And so the point Fantastic. is, so uh, you go to ourvoiceusa.org, and um, if there's anyone that you know who happens to be running for school board, who's running for any any at any level, um, uh, you can go in and you'll see uh, at the top there's a toolbar, there's a candidate directory, and then from there there's add candidate. And it's super easy. There's a, a, a bunch of questions, maybe 20 questions for you to answer just to get an idea of how we're going to, you know, where you stand on various different subjects. And then we can match people to you based on how other people answer. So how end users answer will then connect to how the candidates answer themselves. And they can upload like their, um, you know, the, the image that they want. If they have like a logo, you know, give a brief bio. Um, and so that way we can have this information and people again can get connected to ideas and break this cult of personality. It's Hillary's turn. How dare you? You know, I mean, wh- whether you felt it was her turn or not, you should have been open to ideas. And if you can't be open to new ideas, you are part of the problem. Right. And, you know, Aristotle had a really cool quote that says, uh, it's the mark of an intelligent mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. So ch- fucking chew on it. Just chew on it. Is it really that hard to listen to somebody with an opposing point of view, consider it, and then maybe try to speak rationally? I'm not the best at it. Sometimes I'm a hothead. As you can tell, I like to talk a lot. And I'm a little, sometimes I can fly by the seat of my pants. And so I need to catch myself so I don't just, you know, explode on somebody. Because if you know who Jimmy Dore is, I have a little Jimmy Dore that lives inside my heart who <laughs> comes out to, to, to play and rant sometimes. <laughs> Okay, one last question for you. You, uh, you've been in Utah a big chunk of your life? Yes. Yeah, so I grew up from age born to 19, moved to Fort Ord, California, um, for six months, joined the army, moved back here for two months, I think, and then, uh, deployed to Georgia for basic training, Texas for AIT, Kentucky and Tennessee is where I was stationed. And then I, um, lived in Indiana for seven years after that. Um, and then I moved back here in November ish of 2010. So what's one thing that you would tell someone that they're visiting the state of Utah that they need to do before they leave? Um, you know, I actually, I like our beer, man. I think that we've really got some rocking micro brews. And so whether you're a Uinta guy or a Wasatch guy or say even like an Epic guy or something, I mean, um, Maybe even go get like a a, a little um, mixer twelve pack. I'm a big fan of uh, Baba Black Lager. That's such a good mm, beer. That's so one good. of Chris's favorites. So good. Uh, Beer's gross. 
I well, have to say that whenever we have beer discussions. Well, so beer makes me like sing to myself. Like I, I, I murder the, uh, um, the Clash song. You know, um, I really don't like it. Rock the dad bod. Rock the dad bod. So I sing. I've got a five year old, so I just sing really ridiculous stuff, and so he he enjoys it. And Chris sings I've made been up songs all my life. Yeah. I feel like we should have you back when it gets closer to election time again. Yeah, Ryan. Cool. Yeah, I'll see what I can do to help update people. And so yeah, people, that would be amazing. People want to get involved in some of the stuff that, that you do with, with Wolfpack and with uh, uh, Our Voice. How, how can they get a hold of you to, to get involved in some of that? Um, so for me, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Josh Progressive. Um, I, again, I like to challenge ideas. So as soon as you're going to go on there, you're like, so who's this lefty, Lou? And there's a picture of me holding my M16 when I was deployed in Kosovo. And, um, but what people fail to realize is there's no magazine in there. The safety's on and my finger is still unwilling They'll be to like, be on the trigger. are you related to Cindy yeah. Lou? Right. Well, and then they, yeah. So then they think I have this machismo, this machine gun machismo or this rather rifle machismo. Guns but, are fun to shoot. Yeah, they really are. They re- And I'm not anti-gun and that's kind of the point. And, um, I think that's the problem with many liberals is, we act. They act on fear in that way against guns, and Republicans act in fear and war and whatever. What's that black and white thing you talked about yep. again? So anyway, at at, at Josh Progressive, um, and uh, that's probably the easiest way to connect to me now, or just go to freaking volunteer at the place themselves, Wolfpack, um, Wolf Pack dot com, and then um, Our Voice USA. Uh, dot org. Uh, we can always use volunteers. Our Voice is a much smaller organization, so if you really want to have a huge impact locally, um, Our Voice is definitely going to show some, I would suspect, will show some more re- uh, immediate returns on investment. But I think Wolfpack is such an important idea that we really need to push for, but it's that's playing the long game. Well, thanks for joining us, Josh. It's been a really uh, a pleasure to awesome. chat with you. Thank you. Thanks for letting me chat ad nauseum. <laughs> Thanks again to Josh for uh, that lovely conversation. Lovely. Um, it was good. It was good. It was. I just wouldn't describe it as lovely. Well, he said he was kind of pedantic, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, really I fun awesome. to have him on. Yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic. It was uh, very engaging, and we just let it go. We need to have him back. Yeah, I didn't try to cut it off, and uh, he looked like he was getting, like he needed to go, so uh, I tried to wrap it up. Uh, anyway. We do have uh, one little thing for you, since we're not doing any news. Uh, I'm just I just turned your mic like all the way away from you for some reason, Jess. Um, it's Christmas lights in Utah, so we have lots and lots of them, and I would not let Jess talk about them last week. Put my foot down. Can't do Christmas lights pre-Thanksgiving, but uh, there's a bunch. So there's uh, does it have the storybook neighborhood? The the twelve days of Christmas in here talked about I don't know because I can't ever fucking remember where it's at. So there are who where did this uh, where did this list get put together? Deseret News. Yes. So and this is like a week or two. Well, ago. and this is awesome because it's not a lot of stuff gets focused here in the Salt Lake Valley, but this goes clear down to Moab, all the way up to Logan. Um, so I mean Richfield, Ogden, Fillmore, Monroe. Yeah, so and this is this is everything from choreographed light shows to zoo lights to neighborhoods to stuff that you pay nominal fees to drive through. Um, pretty cool stuff. Like they have the um, Tucan Amphitheater. Where the hell is that? Tucan is down by St. George. Tucan is down by St. George. Oh, I didn't know that. Look, Willard Bay does something too. That's cool. 
bucks, fifteen dollars wow. a vehicle. Helper Electric Light Parade. All right, there's a Delta Light Parade, and I got I gotta ask you, like, how big can that be? Oh my gosh, I have should go down to and go Delta. Delta? Yes, I how have big, been to Delta. How big can that be? Is that like three cars with headlights and then a string of rope lights on them? Is that They're like a couple miles? <laughs> It's probably a few tractors. I mean, it's a parade, so <laughs> maybe they have some horses that are dragging a string of Christmas know, lights. Do you know That's a parade, babe, not um, parade. So, parade. so Bubble and Brown, um, one of the proprietors of it is from Delta, so maybe we can ask him <laughs> because he... He probably, unless that's like something that hey, started see, after. Uh, I don't see the uh, neighborhood on here. So I don't either. So do you see the Kearns one on here? No. Bluffdale had theirs last weekend, and the Riverton's uh, acapella group sang at it. So I, I disbelieve in celebrating other holidays before the first holiday is done. Well, it was Friday or Saturday. So oh, that's okay. Then. I was thinking that you were saying before. No, 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 no. This last weekend. So Thursday was Thanksgiving. It was like, gotcha. I think it was Saturday. So Spanish Fork Festival of Lights is going on. That uh, one's that one's huge. And that one probably is like the best. It's $8 best for, for a car. For it's 22 for a large passenger van or vehicle with a towing trailer. Uh, $22 <laughs> per trailer. Towing trailer? You just like put everything Tell your kids. $30 <laughs> per bus. <laughs> so... I don't. The Draper tree lighting. That that tree is. They cool. have to put trailer prices on there. It's pretty fucking amazing. And part of why they charge for these things, folks, is because one, it's expensive to run the power for these lights, uh, and two, people are assholes and fuck up things when they drive through them. So lights at Temple Square is free. They only ask for your soul in ten percent. <laughs> then it's not free, dude. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know what your free. definition of so, free is, but yeah. that is not There's free. free right here. <laughs> Elf display and lights and Gardner Village, and maybe I'll go there because I've never gone to Gardner Village before. That is cool. And every time he drives past, yeah. he's always like, "That place looks like it's hopping." Roy has some some lights by there. You can eat fried green building. tomatoes, Archibalds. He doesn't like tomatoes. There's a there's Luminaria. Down at Thanksgiving Point. So this one makes me, I, I'm sure that it's really super awesome, but it used to be drive through that they did at Thanksgiving Point, and this one is not. Um, this one you get out of your car and walk around Thanksgiving Point. Goddamn motherfuckers can't let me be lazy. Right. And it's really expensive. How much is it? It's 12 to $15. A person? 13 to, to 15 for kids. Sheesh. Yeah, and 10 to 12 for like little kids. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not going to pay you. Sorry, 17 point. to 20 for adults. I'm not going to pay you to walk That's through your lot. garden. Yeah. I get it, but I don't want to pay you to walk through your garden. I've got one in my backyard. <laughs> we should put lights in <laughs> I've got them on my patio. No, like, it looks a lot like, like my, my patio looks a lot like the Delta Light Parade. And if I wasn't such a slacker, <laughs> if I wasn't such a slacker, there'd be snowflake lights on the front porch. Well, I got to fix them. Can I tell you guys, speaking of Christmas lights, so I have another story. So the day after, <laughs> wow, the day after Thanksgiving, shocked. the day after Thanksgiving is our Christmas preparation day. So my Christmas preparation yeah, day. By that, I mean, I come down into the storage room, get a whole bunch of boxes out, put them upstairs for Brie. Uh, Go in game and then magically Christmas appears. Yeah, I I did leave and, <laughs> and play games with someone else. Came back and the house was Christmas. It was kind of nice magical it's thing. Like a Christmas um, to be <laughs> fair, I tried to help her separate the ornaments and the ornaments, the ornaments, and uh, got uh, got chastised for my inability. I try to I try not to, but I I, I I'm she has a system. Retentive about it's like when you're cooking, Brie. 
Yeah, it is. Think about it. Like uh, yeah, that. he's yeah. trying to help. It it it, it, it is. Except for that, he's trying to assist me uh, when I'm cooking. It's just me trying to cook the meal and him just sitting there sidelining. This time, he was actually trying to help, <laughs> and I was very critical of it. And I had to uh, like rein myself so in I'm and like, apologize. That's cool. That's cool. No worries. Uh, anyway, so our tree, which is a pre-lit tree, she sends me a text. All the lights are fucking out. Well, not all the lights. Like. Big, huge swaths of it. So Stop I Stop yelling in the mic! Sorry. <laughs> so I... Just the whole center was out. Well, kind of. Like, I, I got it all there fluffed. There were big, big swaths. And I throughout. plugged it in, and my my youngest daughter's sitting on the couch, and she's like, Mom, there's a whole big section out. And I looked up, and I'm like, oh, shit, there's one on this top. And then I looked around, and, like, there's a big portion on the top and in the middle and some on this bottom. So I was just disheartened. So like she just- sends me a text, and it's a bummer for me because I don't get to go home and see a, a lit tree. So I drove out by your house to the Walmart out by your house because they had – that's just going to sleep. Don't worry about it. Because uh, they had uh, they had lights, uh, a light fix tool that I found called the Light Keeper Pro – this fucking thing is amazing. It's like the best light tool ever. So you can plug in a bulb socket and have it run the shunt on the bulbs and show you which bulbs are out. So you can replace just the out bulbs while the other ones are lit up. It's got a bulb tester. It's got bulb pullers. It's got a storage so it compartment. It forces for everything on and then you can see yeah. what's yep. burned out. It's also got a voltage tester just to test the line to make sure the whole line's getting voltage properly and getting the right amount of voltage. Like, it's a fucking amazing tool. Less than $20. Wow. But he ended up replacing like... 30 lights. Well, just, just on... Just on uh, Saturday or Sunday or whenever you did it, but you had you replaced some that night when you came home to get the light strands working. And then as we hung ornaments, we were noticing that there were actually like individual lights that were still working because the shunt was working, but but the lights were out. And he went through and replaced the little bulbs in wow. the yeah. And now I look at the tree. And I'm like, look how bright it is. It hasn't been this bright in a while. I'm thinking that some of our lights have been going out for some time. So. I just saw on this list the Chris Kendall Mart that everyone's been talking about. The Chris Kendall Market without an E. Yep. Yep. Did you notice that? Yep. Is that really how they spell uh-huh. it? Yep. Yep. How do these fucking people think and people are going to find them it, on the web? And that's why I think it says Christ. It looks it's like it Christ. says Christ. Christ Kendall Market. It does look like Christ Kindle Mark. And yeah. since I had never heard it before, I called it Christ. So anyway, they have lights. Uh, they have actually a really cool parade. That's what I was doing before the, I had a heart attack, was watching the parade. You had a heart attack? No, oh, a guy my, last year. Yeah. Oh, the guy that died that we talked about. Gotcha. Uh, we actually have never, I've never talked about it. No, we just talked about it earlier. We right? did. Were we off on the, the air? air? Oh, it was off no, air? No, it was off air. Because I asked if there was a gun show involved. No. <laughs> Definitely um, no. <laughs> so dangerous event. If you want to live uh, <laughs> loose and free, go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, C&C will be there with their delicious licorice. Oh, my God. I love their licorice. I know. Uh, I need to go get some more. And I'll Petra. Petra will be there with her delicious treats. Nice. And good pretzels. So, pretty cool thing. Go check it out. There's a whole bunch of stuff to do here. I'll a lot of it's free. That link to um, all of them. Yeah. So, go check out our blog, uh, com on our website. Uh, you can holler at us on Twitter. Holla at TNU Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not. And I'm gonna end though. I'm gonna end the show on a bummer, guys. I already uh, got. Can I want while you? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. 
No, you have to say it first. Did oh, you? Did, did, by the, were you the one that want one? I thought it was Jeremy. It was. It was Jeremy. I don't want one. That's fucking rude. <laughs> she says, my friend died, and he goes, wah, wah. Like, who fucking does that? What a dick Jeremy move. does. <laughs> and people are going to hate you now if they hear No, this because you're still the asshole of the show. Don't worry. There's not enough people that listen. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Monday, uh, Jess informed me earlier, and I verified. <laughs> Yeah, Monday, uh, the uh, pumpkin-headed butthole will be in Salt Lake City. Wah, that episode wah. was so is so old. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's still a, no. A it's amazing. I know. It's awesome that um, it's lasted that long. So that is uh, Donald J. Trump. Uh, he will be in Salt Lake uh, on Monday to talk about the. <laughs> Talk about the resizing of all the national monuments, uh, the rescinding of the size of Bears Ears, uh, probably cut back, um, what are some of the other ones that they were talking about doing? Zion, I think. Uh, Escalante, was it? Grand Escalante, not Zion, Grand Escalante, and maybe the Arches area. So anyway, he's going to be here to announce that, uh, you know, because why not come to the state where half the population thinks you're a fucking jackass for doing it? Uh, and all the senators are douchebags and want to do it so they can sell it off to oil and mineral rights. Uh, but he'll be here. So if you're in the downtown area of Salt Lake, um, yeah, probably just avoid it on Monday. Yeah. Just <laughs> as, as best you can. Anything from the airport to downtown. Yeah. It's just going to be all full of shit. He'll probably be staying at the Sheraton, uh, I think. so. Oh, I'm sure we'll have news coverage of like... The blocks blocked off like they did yeah, last time the president not? was here. Why not? Oh, the president's here! Fucking douchebag. So, anyway, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at TNU Podcast. Thanks again to Josh uh, Cameron. And, um, yeah, if you've got something that you want us to share, let us know. We're happy to do it. 